0: It is Sunday, January 21st, 2018. I'm here with Michael, my name's Anthony, and this is Timelapse, the podcast where cars and watches are the focus, but tangents are often the reality. Let's get into it.
1: Good morning, uh, viewers, listeners. Good day to you. Good day. <laughs> Sounds much more clear on this end this week. Yes, yes. Mikey's rocking his brand new Audio-Technica M... 50s. 50s. Yes. Yeah, yeah. see. see, you cannot remember the number, was that was, and that that was, was the, the issue.
0: issue. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so how,
1: how I mean, do they sound? How if, if you guys were listening last week, you know the escapades of the new headphones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, no, they sound good. That's good. I'm happy for you. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, uh, now that with headphone, uh, headphone semantics aside... Uh, we got uh, a, a bunch of shows going on in, yeah. in both of the, the industries that we like to talk about. Obviously, Detroit uh, Auto Show is in full swing, and I think it's coming to an end.
1: Well, no, I think no? the last week was all media and press, mm-hmm. um, and just this weekend, I believe maybe Friday, it was the oh, they okay. started the public. They opened it to the public. Yeah. So,
0: but in that in that case, all the stuff has already really been exactly. revealed. Exactly. Right. Uh, so nothing. Our friend's nothing actually more. there. Our friends there in in Detroit. Yep, he, he, he was the there snaps. yesterday. So. Um, it is open to the public. And then also uh, on the watch side of things, SIHH, yeah. that's in full swing. Uh, yeah. Most of the major uh I believe media, it's come to an end, though. Uh, I,
1: yeah, I would I would expect... I think it's just one week long. Yeah. Um, again, there's, not,
0: there's, no, there's no public side to SIHH. I think it's yeah. just really media coverage. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, you have anything inter- interesting on your end from this week?
0: Um, no, not really. Uh, maybe something... Uh, more involved uh with my with my 2018 watch goals but we can talk about that later yeah we're actually here.
1: we're gonna dive yeah, into that yeah. um
0: nothing really on the vehicle end i, don't I mean we
1: can do an update of my brother's golf r
0: yeah what's going on with the golf r
1: no idea that's the update <laughs> cool well, apparently it's still stuck in halifax we told you last week about the whole boat situation yeah, yeah. um and right now all he's getting from the dealer is it's still in halifax yeah it, probably everything's fine it's mm. just kind of funny and hilarious it, it will be here, hopefully, while there's still some snow on the ground so
0: we can try out some four, uh, four-wheel drift. Yeah, well, roundabout. I
1: just picked up his new wheels yesterday, winter wheels. What winter tires did you end up going with? The thing is, I mean, you're directly involved with dealership. Um, what? My guy told me is there's a shortage of a lot of the winter tires. Obviously, we're just bought at the end of the season, exactly, and that you kind of have to expect that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a Michelin guy. I usually go straight to Michelin and get something from them. Mm -hmm. Um, But all that was available in that size, 18 inch rim, and the width that he required for his winter uh, wheel, and because of the um, the rotor size of Mm -hmm. the Golf R, you have to go into a bigger rim. Yeah, Um, so he was pretty limited in options there. Um, he had to end up going with the Yokohamas.
0: Okay, I was gonna say the Bridgestones. Did you
1: look into those? Not available. Yeah, those are those are really good too. Uh, I, my my again, like I said, my he and the guy that I go to, he knows. I always just go directly to Michelin. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had Bridgestone in the past. I've had Pirelli in the past. It's just mm-hmm. Michelin. I've I've grown to like and I have no issues with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we put the we put the same Yokohamas on my sister's car. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. No, I've, he, I've, he says they're I've good. I've never I'm I'm heard sure. bad things about them either, and I'm sure they, the they golf pair. The golf R would work with summers. Exactly. He'd so, be fine. Yeah. But the amount of snow that we get here is not much. Yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah. I think, yeah, going off of that, we could probably jump right into... Um, Detroit? Yeah, yeah. The North American International yeah. Auto uh, Show.
0: Uh, you know, and it's an exciting uh, time because if you're not familiar with uh, the Detroit uh, International Auto Show, um, it is the first auto show of the automotive calendar year. Yes, so everyone's excited. You know, there's a lot of buzz around what they're going to release. It's big for North America or domestic brands here of in course. North America. Yeah, more so. Um, a lot of releases are targeted towards w- what will be released in Canada and, and, the, yeah. and the U.S. So uh, as Canadian car enthusiasts, it's always been a big thing. Um, I don't think either of us have actually ever been physically. We've always talked about. No, it, we've, we've always never... talked about going because
1: yeah. from Toronto to Detroit is not a huge distance. Three hours, right? Uh, Three hour uh, drive. Probably close to closer to four. Yeah. Well, you got the border. Yeah, yeah but. it, it You leave in the morning. You get there mid morning. Yeah. Um, We just never done it. I don't don't know why. Exactly. Yeah. But
0: but yeah. So a lot of hype surrounding it. Uh, You know, it's a it's a very exciting time of year. And um, and one of I guess one of the a lot of stuff was released. Really, I mean, just going you can go through a YouTube video from one of the you know the many great uh, uh, automotive publications out there. Auto Guide being one of them. Uh, an auto guide just skims through all the releases. Just to give you guys a quick rundown of some of the stuff. Uh, Not that we're going to go into all this in depth, but there was a lot. Yeah.
1: We were were talking about that earlier, about um, the the auto show and Mm -hmm. SIHH. Um, Now that we're actually documenting Mm -hmm. what we're learning from these shows, we feel that if we try and hammer through everything in one episode, it doesn't do that vehicle, that watch, the timepiece justice of course and we right now in this episode we're kind of to touch on everything get mm-hmm. into a couple of vehicles that we've that have stuck out to us mm-hmm. a little bit more but um in the weeks to come We'll focus and narrow in more so exactly. on one specific area yeah. and really dive into that that way. Exactly. So like, we'll give you
0: guys a quick rundown of what's been released, yeah. but we're also going to be going into a lot of that stuff later on in further episodes when there's more information.
1: Yeah, and and there is so much information about mm-hmm. each thing that, like I said, you, you can't do it all at once. Exactly. So uh, l- I'm just
0: gonna jump in here, just let you guys know. Uh, the new RDX Acura RDX prototype was released. We had a new A7 uh, from Audi. The update it looks like basically just a you know a front and rear fascia update. Yeah, not, not sure too how much. in depth. Um, there was the BMW X2 that was uh, released. Yep. We had uh, updates to the BMW i8 and i8 uh, Roadster. Um, Chevy well, obviously.
1: The Roadster was never released before. This is its first. Sh- Yes, showing. I, shown, like I they, think they've shown it. They've shown it. Yeah, but, but this is physical. its first year that people are now seeing it
0: in. Exactly. In um, we we saw a lot from uh, the Chevy Silverado about their uh, uh, more than facelift. just their Z seventy one. Yeah, yeah, we'll call it a facelift. Uh, they are calling it the all new Silverado. Of course, they have to. Yeah, but of it's course. a lot like what Ford did um, over the past year with the F one fifty, disregarding they've, the whole diesel
1: thing. Yes, just yes, we're talking course. pure cosmetic.
0: Yeah. Uh, obviously, we had the new Ranger. We did not see anything off-road capable from the Ranger, which was some speculation that they're they you know they've released videos there's, of there's a nothing Ranger released buying. on it. yet. there's no specs released yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but you know that was that was shown. Uh, obviously, the Shelby GT500 and Bullet were released. Honda had their new Insight uh, prototype released, which I will just say quickly. I think looks fantastic. They released the Clarity. Like we have a Clarity in our Honda showroom at mm-hmm. work it's hideous i will i i do not understand that car especially when you're trying to compete with the likes of tesla yeah why would you release that but the insight prototype looks really really fantastic and if that's going to be the design language i'm happy with it it's almost like a cross between a, a civic and an accord it's very cool the insight I, i'm digging it uh besides that big news for hyundai they released their new veloster um and 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 there's engine uh specs and everything for that mm-hmm. I don't think we're
1: that into into Velosters though. Here. No, but I I think I think we um, we can definitely dive into hot hatches one mm-hmm. day, and I think that could be included in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. And other than that, of course, uh, the the G wagon w- is shown,
0: and and honestly, my like Instagram stories, all I see are are the press releases of this, especially G-Wagon.
1: from Johnny Lieberman. Yeah, he well he loves he was, the G wagon, and yeah. he because they they did also announce the new disc. Um, Land Rover, Land Rover Discovery, yeah,
0: not coming stateside, right? But uh,
1: and it's priced at around two hundred thousand U.S. dollars. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of money to V eight. Um, mm-hmm. and his beef was he 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 was going really hard with the Land Rover and G wagon. Really, uh, the past week on Instagram, and it was kind of funny. Um, he posted a picture both of a Land Rover and a G wagon in the same post, and um. He basically said, why is it that when I post a picture of a G-Wagon... Or, sorry, why is it when I post a picture of the Land Rover, everyone gets down on their knees and starts praising it Hmm. and saying, look at this. This is the greatest thing ever. But when I post a picture of the G-Wagon, which is probably more capable Mm -hmm. off-road than that Land Rover... I agree. Everyone says, look at this piece of shit. Because... Kardashians drive it. Because Hollywood ruined the G-Wagon. It's sad, but it's true. And... uh, I don't know.
0: Well, yeah. I, I mean, I will agree with you there. It's not fair. Right. But at the same time, what would I rather drive? 100% a Defender. Why? <laughs> Just because the, the G-Wagon's been ruined. And, and I know that puts me in that group. But when I think about a cool car, it's the th- It's the same thing as anything. I think about something that people haven't ruined. You know what I mean? I guess so. Like, at the end of the day, the Hyundai uh, came, Genesis that, that come, Coupe is a cool car. Yeah. But people like you, Mikey, oh. ruined it. No, I had it before it was cool. Uh you had it on the cusp of coolness. That was my favorite car when I was for that year of my life. <laughs> so
1: really? yeah, I wanted one really bad. Really? Yeah, for a year. Well, I had one and Anthony. you yeah, no, know then you got one you stole my dream. Um no, but it's the same concept with with how we how we, we had this conversation last night about Rolexes. Yes. People ruin Rolexes. Well, does that still Uh, make it right to shit on the brand look how far they've come and what they've done yes yes
0: and and like you said it's cyclical but before before we before we go too far on this tangent let's just get through what else is has made big uh big waves at uh, in detroit obviously the new ram came out and specifically new Mm. ram interiors which we are going to get into don't worry mike you gotta calm yourself down um the new jetta was released it's a good looking car i think the Jetta's look good all, uh, anyway, but the new Jet has been released and it's a good-looking car. Um, but now that that's sort of like a recap. And if you guys want to see more information, definitely check out Auto Guide on YouTube. They they do. I love their presenters. They're very humble, uh, but they're also very knowledgeable. Yep. And uh, check out Auto Guide on YouTube. Uh, they they have a fantastic review of of the Detroit Auto Show. It's about an hour long. So if you're doing work or something, you just want something like in the said, background. There's just so much. You, yeah. You, you gotta have put invest some time into exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, but for the sake of this podcast, stories that matter to us, uh, there's about, uh, what do we got? We got about we got three of them. Or five. three or, Yeah, or five. Five stories. And maybe I'll start with the first one since I think I have a personal connection to it. Yeah. Uh, so the first story that I'm going to get into today is the all-new Acura RDX quotation mark prototype and quotation. Yeah. So uh, for, De- for Detroit 2018, uh, Acura brought out this RDX prototype. Uh, and I'm getting the vibe a, a lot like we did with the Type R prototype that was released last year. Um, they, they say prototype. This thing looks absolutely ready to be put on the road. There's no funny, funky mirrors. There's no funky uh, windows. There's no chopped roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, the exhaust look like like regular TLX exhaust. So maybe the wheels will be a bit smaller, but honestly they look normal. There's nothing about this prototype that would suggest it's a concept. Um, Even the lights look totally marketable and legal. No, this this
1: looks like a car that could be on the road today. 100%.
0: And uh, why is it important? Uh, Well, if you look at the design language here, you'll notice there's no other Acura that looks like this maybe other than the the TLX, but the TLX uh, itself I don't think it, the TLX came out at a bad time. Uh, yep. It was the only vehicle that received an update from Acura. And I think about 2015, when they decided to delete or get rid of the TL uh, and the TSX, they said they scrapped both those cars and they put them together in the TLX. Now, in doing that, they didn't have a lot of design language to draw from. So they drew some new lines, but I think it was it was really just not well received by critics. And, and I'm, I've made this statement before. I feel working in an Acura dealership for a few months... I felt the only people who were incentivized to buy Acuras were people who owned Acuras already and just right. were comfortable with the brand. They were loyal to the brand. The repeat customers. Exactly. But seeing this new RDX, seeing their new design
1: language, I'm excited for them. It this gives is, hope for the brand because yeah. we've discussed before that um, uh, you more so that if Acura doesn't change anything, Acura's not going to be around exactly. anytime soon. yeah. Their dealer network can't survive, and and that's a shame. It's same thing. Uh, if it, same thing
0: might have happened to someone like Lexus or a mm-hmm. company like Lexus, where if they didn't change things up, if they didn't stir the pot, they would lose support. We we live in a time where people expect vehicles not just to be reliable anymore, but they got to offer something. They got gotta to they got to draw into the soul, and that might be you know just the enthusiast culture making its way into everything. Right. So Acura's had promotions, and and their marketing team has been hard at work with these these uh, you know. Uh, heart string pulling uh, commercials where there's a guy driving its soul. Well, you know what? You don't sell any manual cars anymore, and all of your vehicles don't have crazy nice exhaust notes, so I don't know, I don't really understand what you're marketing. But, but finally, with this new RDX, we're seeing a vehicle that has uh, a new design language, right. and I think it's an exciting design language. I, Sharp, I think- strong edges, nice, uh, nice shoulder lines around the wheel wells. It, it, and I don't even know if that's a proper design term, but I'm going to say it. Uh, it it just looks it looks strong, it looks aggressive, and it's what Acura needs.
1: Yeah, it gives people an excuse to be able to now walk into Acura and cross shop yes. it with other SUVs. hundred
0: percent. And uh, and you made the the comment. It, it, there is it does look like they've borrowed some design elements from Lexus, Lexus, but yeah. I think that Lexus was the first Japanese maker to coupify yeah. their their SUVs. And an accurate. Does an have that.
1: have something like that? They had the ZDX, yeah, that which thing. was an
0: X6, mm. like you know, it, it just honestly, it wasn't that bad. I think <clears throat> for the time, because it was built off the Honda Crosstour, it was much better than the Honda Crosstour, hundred percent. Don't. So the Crosstour was don't, the, was don't, the you lifted. A Honda, don't don't you drive Accord? You're very funny. I tour? drive a stock Accord, and yes, oh okay, it, Sorry, people confused. people laugh and say it's a Crosstour now because it was lowered. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, um, the other thing that I'm really excited about this RDX. Finally brought back exhaust tips. Acura made the Whoa. fatal flaw, and I don't know why. And Honda did this too. Let's get rid of exhaust tips. Let's clean up the back. We don't uh, need finishers. About, uh,
1: German companies are starting to do that. Like, I know Audi. Audi.
0: What? I don't and and my, my
1: dad's SQ5. It, it makes me cringe but, when I walk
0: behind it. But And and because of that that ridiculousness, why would they do it? I think this is the point. This is the reason why they do it. It's so that they have something to update in the future in the future models in the in the facelifts. That's yeah. why. Think about it. They did it with the TLX. The first generation TLX came out. No exhaust finishers. Then the all new TLX came out and they put these big honking like what four inch fist worthy uh, exhaust finishers yeah. on. It's just something they they leave something open to be to be updated, and I honestly think that's why these these uh, people are doing it. When They're we, just giving the design teams, uh, you know, something that they can
1: draw into the next right. car. When we were um, test driving the SQ5, no I'm jumping to a different brand, but it relates back to this mm-hmm. exhaust tip issue. Um, we were test driving, and I asked the salesman, "Why are there no exhaust tips? Mm-hmm. Like, why why are they hidden?" And he said, "It's a clean design; doesn't get dirty from." From the exhaust, which like okay, sure. Are you kidding me? A new, and what then, new no, car? Do you know gets dirty l- from the exhaust? <laughs> Listen to this. Yeah. He said, the another reason why we did it is so that we can point the the exhaust tips down towards the ground, so that when there's a buildup of pressure from the exhaust, it, it hits off the ground and and helps the exhaust note. I wish I was there and, when and, I and said that. And when so I was, I would have said, You think you think that you're good at making things up on the spot? You're terrible at <laughs> making when, things up on I the spot. When I was there, though. I was like in my head I was like, Oh, yep. N- nope. Okay. You gotta sure, be sure. ballsy to but come then, up with something like when that. When I when I said that, I was like Oh, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, that's oh, God. great. Oh, you just played into it. You probably whoa. felt so good. What are you going to say? Look, Mikey, but I've, I've a...
0: had to make up things on the spot before for customers. Yeah. I, I, I told a lady just a couple weeks ago, she's definitely not listening to this. I told her that she didn't have to replace her brake fluid now because it's cold and brake fluid will stay dense. In the, in the winter you, you don't have to worry about brake fluid uh, boiling or anything like that which may have a modicum of truth to it but it was really just because i i wanted her the technician wrote down recommend brake fluid flush and i and i didn't want her to feel like she had to do it right so it's not like i i was doing that to scheme her in some way i was actually trying to get her yeah. to not worry about her car but i had to come up with something yeah, yeah, yeah. To,
1: to contradict what the technician said yeah so it, well in saying that what what i've done is i've Brought in my car in. Mm-hmm. I have gotten some sheet metal, covered up the exhaust, and I rerouted the exhaust to the ground.
0: Of course, as as anyone it, should. Yeah, it's just more logical. Yeah, you know, you just want you want that that reverberation off the pavement. Yeah, uh, it, without that, it, that's the difference between sounding like a C sixty three and not sounding like mm. a C. It, Wait, you think
1: like, an Aventador has an exhaust coming out of the back? No, no, <clears throat> yeah, no, no, no.
0: absolutely no. ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, anyway, uh, enough talking about FAF's subpar sales team. Woo! No, Faf, You guys are excellent. Yeah, you guys everyone, are. I, I'm just totally, excellent. totally kidding. But that guy should should not come up with stuff like that.
1: He was a great salesman. It was just when he said that I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that. Yeah.
0: Anyway, um, but finishing off with the RDX, uh, not they they didn't just release the RDX. They also released uh, a photo of a design prototype, uh, which seemed I think, uh, or of their new design language that they're going to be drawing from and uh and that that itself looks very that looks very nice if you watch the video on the new rdx you'll see it there yeah. they sort of cut up uh and paste a photo of this new design language it's it's very coupe esque mm-hmm. it's drawing from the nsx it's drawing from the aggressive lines so it, it looks good uh and i think even the front end looks excellent well with that's, that big grill and yeah they've always had the beak and it's been it's been a controversial more, point. it looks more
1: refined now it's, yeah it's more aggressive and-
0: But uh, even even looking at the interior, um, they they are still keeping the the classic Acura lines where you have like two two pods the one that the driver sits in one that the passenger sits in. Am I a big fan of that? No, I think it's it's fairly dated. But they have updated the audio screen, which is nice. Uh, Typical Honda they take they move
1: at a glacial pace. Um, But I mean they've got it's Android based, so okay, it's a decent size, ten point two inches. But uh, a lot of companies like have done this so many years ago. Oh yeah. This looks like an outdated interior. Yes.
0: I would say that this, I am not, I'm not a huge fan of this interior. I am much more a fan of the exterior. Right. But I think that for Acura to sell cars, they had to work on the exterior first. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. People buying, like, you know what you're getting into with an Acura. There was a time in the early 2000s when Acura interiors were phenomenal. I remember first sitting in a, in an RSX for the first time and thinking this is crazy. Yeah. It's like, it's got S2000 hints everywhere. It's very driver centric and that was an RSX right uh but and even even the TL's uh you know of the of the 8th gen TL I believe uh that was really cool but it, they they've come so far from that and i think that with with the new this new design language i hope that it makes its way into the interior i'm sure it will um they just have to they have to find out who they're who they're marketing to mm-hmm. and 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 help those people but all in all, new Acura RDX, I believe, is a signature that that there's hope for Acura, and this is the first time I've seen that hope in a while. I thought I was going to see hope when they came out with the new NSX. Then right. I saw the price, and I thought that is insane. Yeah, you just you just screwed the pooch on this one. I thought there was going to be hope when they released the updated TLX, and then I and then I see you know okay, well the interior really hasn't been upgraded, and yes, there's big exhaust pipes, but they don't sound that great. But this is the first. You know, as a car guy, that I can say, Acura, good job. I'm excited to see what the RDX is going to do for your brand and what the rest of your models are going to look like in the coming years when they receive a refresh. Let's just hope that this is a prototype that is true to the actual car and that this isn't just going to be like get everyone excited and then they're going to release something without all these hard lines, without all these nice lights and and saw and uh, and crisp uh, edges. So, mm-hmm. we I have hope. I guess that's what I'm trying to say here. As you guys know, I'm a bit of a Honda fanboy. I have hope.
1: Well, you work directly with the brand, so there's no reason for you not to enjoy their product. Yeah. Um, And from that, we can move on to something back. We're going to go back to the truck world Mm -hmm. um, from our conversations of last week. Yes. Yes, of course. We said we were aware of last week of the release of the new Chevy facelift. Yeah. um, And we said that we would talk more about it this week. There's really not much to talk about.
0: Well, they did. Okay. I did see somewhere that they did release some engine specs. I think that there is a new diesel coming out and there is a couple of new engines uh, that they're putting into it. However, on the grand scheme of truck releases, I don't think that they have matched. I don't even think Ford has matched Ram. Right. Um, Ram. It's just they jumped. Yeah. They jumped a generation. Oh yeah. So where Ford and, and Chevy seem to be in their mid cycle because let they let's be honest, they they Ford and Chevy had the jump on, on Ram as far as releases. Mm-hmm. Right. The the new F one the current F one fifty in showrooms and the current Silverado in showrooms are their current generations. Right. They will not receive a generation update until maybe a couple of years from now. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ram has been selling the same truck, it seems, for the last five years to 10 years in some cases. Uh, and what I mean by that, and you'll notice this on the new Rams, it's completely gone now. Yep. Is that crosshair
1: front grill, which um, a lot of people despise. Yeah.
0: Well, it's, it's popular in the, in the Dodge brand, right? You, you see it all the way from a base model, right. um, charger, yeah, yeah, throughout uh, throughout the whole line. Challengers. Yeah. They, they, they have them. And honestly, it, it's aggressive. I, I don't but mind. You got to
1: remember that's the Dodge brand, not the Ram brand. I understand, but they're intrinsically tied. Of course. Like beyond. But there's a Ram. It's a Ram. Sure. Um, but either way. I I, th- I think, I don't know if we said this last week on the podcast or mentioned it. Maybe I was just thinking it during the week. But it seems like Ram is always a step ahead. For example, with the EcoDiesel. Yeah. When did they release the EcoDiesel? Years ago. For the half years, Maybe 2010. Yeah. So that's, that's getting to almost eight, nine years ago. Yeah. When did Ford and all the other guys decide to do diesel for half ton? Okay. Last but week. Yes. Okay. Ram just announced that they're going hybrid.
0: Eh, I don't think I, I I don't consider that a step ahead. Why? Because okay, diesels that was technology they just brought into the half ton truck market right into this into the fit uh, and 15- and then
1: and then almost 10 years later everyone else decided to jump on okay the bandwagon. but
0: but i think another 10 years a lot of people will be putting twin turbo v6s in their trucks and ford jumped on that way before people people laughed at no one laughed at ram when they put a diesel in a, in a half ton that's a logical choice people laughed at ford and said what are you doing putting two blow dryers on on a yeah, v6 but
1: but that that's because because truck untrusted. guys are reluctant to take to oh, new I technology but,
0: but that's what being ahead of the curve is is knowing that seeing the reluctance and not worrying about sales knowing that you're product will speak for itself mm-hmm. and I think that Ford might might corner that a bit better than Ram does because I'll give you an example you can say that Ram was the first to put the the not the coil no leaf spring coil and, and airbag suspension in the back of their trucks for ride comfort right guess what you put any weight in the back of that truck it sags and drives like a boat at full pitch okay and we I
1: had this conversation yesterday with my tire guy because he's mm-hmm. looking at at because at, uh, he saw this new Ram and he's thinking mm-hmm. of getting a truck and he always said that all of his customers complain that it has the air ride mm-hmm. and that you should go Ford because it's got the leaf springs uh, you're driving it this is the, the unless half- you drive unless you you drive that truck and i'm sorry to interrupt you but yeah. the, unless you drive
0: that pickup truck with no weight all the time then you'll understand how comfortable it is to not have leaf springs okay but if you actually use a pickup truck as a but, pickup truck but
1: the half ton pickup trucks nowadays are not Pickup trucks, How? but Mikey, they're, they're SUVs with a no, little bit of space no, in the trunk.
0: I, I disagree I, I because I, you can say that, yes, the majority of people who buy pickup trucks now are buying it as a, as a daily yeah. to, to drive. And that, and, and if you look at the interiors of pickup trucks, they are, they are marketing to that. Right. But at the end of the day, you cannot take a pickup truck and take away some of its versatility. If anything you can add to its versatility, you cannot take away from, you cannot make it less capable because that is the core pickup truck. Those are the trucks that sell the most.
1: But they're most they're, people they're advertising can't
0: justify it. a heavy duty. So you have to make a capable middleweight champion. And that's what these half ton trucks have to be. So I I totally that's fine. Let people who don't use a truck for a truck buy a capable truck. Yeah. Do not make your brand less capable. So
1: what makes it so uncapable? That, that you, the suspension.
0: You can't have bags and coils in the rear of a truck that's supposed to compete with with trucks with leaf springs. Mm -hmm. Uh, The technology is just not there. And my uncle had his Ram. He used to, he used to do car detailing and he would fill because it was mobile detailing. He'd have to fill a big bin full of water. Like when we talk big, it was multiple cubic feet of water put it in the back of the truck. And this thing would sag like, like it, it just couldn't bear the weight. Now, obviously any truck is going to feel the weight, but it's, it's a different kind of beast when you don't have, steel leaf springs supporting it and even even beyond payload inside the bed towing is affected you're you're the how comfortable you are in this truck towing something one thing i always because when i used to drive uh, for my dad uh, for my dad's company uh, delivering transmissions that was about i don't know eight nine hundred pounds yeah. uh, in one specific area on a skid in the, in the back sure. of this truck then the leaf springs felt comfortable they felt great yeah because that's the way trucks are supposed to be they're designed to be I don't comfortable know, I've, I've with never weight. driven
1: a RAM, the, one of the new generation mm-hmm. Rams. So I can't pers- give an experience yeah. personally. Just me looking at the people who are buying these half tons, mm-hmm. they're carrying two by fours. They're not carrying heavy loads. Maybe
0: I, maybe in the place that in the, in the area that we live, maybe. But I think that these trucks where they where they really do well, where you look at a street and and eighty percent of the people on that street have trucks. Places like Alberta, wherever there's a lot of snow and there's a lot of they're guys all, in trades, they're
1: all getting trades. into the 2500s and the th-
0: yeah, 3500s. But a, a lot of them aren't because they can't justify that. The, you you have to have a good middleweight champion. You cannot say, oh, you need a you need a bit you need a, a truck to work. Mm-hmm. Jump up to the heavy duty line. No, you need something that someone can justify as is comfortable as a car, but is you know offers you the versatility of a truck. And right. I think they keep the technology for versi- for for durability. Inside the middleweight champion, don't mm-hmm. soften it up, because then someone could just buy a, a SUV if they, you know, like th- right. That but they want the that open step. cab in the back. Well, if they want the open cab in the back, then you not get, you not get to the mention worker. that
1: the, these half tons are, are putting five foot boxes in the back, five foot beds in the back, five foot beds. What are, are you gonna are, do with a five foot bed? Uh, okay, you can't even fit a hockey stick back there. <laughs> well, no, you can you can fit a hockey stick. Well, then you can't have a tonneau cover.
0: <laughs> I think that that Ford and and Chevy. I think those trucks are are built to work, and that is something that they should be. I'm not saying that Rams aren't. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I don't want uh, our our listeners to think that I hate on Ram. I think that Ram is is great. They push Ford and GM to do better.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But but what I say that they that they uh, that they're always ahead of the game. No, I think though I will say their interiors. Are definitely uh, they motivate the other companies to do better?
1: Well, I think Ford has executed interiors better. I think now, right now, this new interior for the 2019 will motivate others to progress, especially the inclusion of this
0: massive Tesla-esque screen. Um, If you guys aren't familiar with trucks, if you saw the center stack in this Ram, it's very cool. It's very cool. The one you know what I hate though? Hmm. Take that knob. Off the dash, I the PRND, the automatic the, the tuning the tuning knob there. Well, it it's that's their shifter. I know, but it, come on, like, is there nothing? There's no one. I and, and I guess GM puts it in a different place. They put it on the. They on don't. The they don't column? want
1: anything in the. They want a giant center console. <sighs> For, I don't know.
0: Have you ever noticed a, a lack of room in your center console? On your yes,
1: really? I'm not just saying that. Yeah, really. Yeah.
0: Okay. I, guess, I
1: don't know. I think, um. I mean, I'm gonna agree with you. I don't like this the knob, yeah. but I mean,
0: I think that. And again, don't want to sound like a Ford fanboy here, but I think that Ford has the best shi- uh, automatic shifting knob in the business. Mm-hmm. It's got it's in cool, the same. For, it fits knows, right in the palm long. of your hand, no matter how big and small, or small your hands are. It feels you know nice. Mm-hmm. It's decorated well. I I've used the shifters in these Rams before, and it just doesn't. I I don't get the same feeling. I feel I'd rather. I honestly prefer the GM column shifter to this. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I do. I do. All right. But no anyway, comment. I know. So I will let you because I feel like I've bashed this truck, but at the end of the day, I do really like this new but Ram. There's, not, there's I think, not
1: much to talk about it right now. I think we we again like we said before. Mm-hmm. I think. With this truck and the new F and the new F one fifty, we could almost do a whole talk on yes. the the and compare these and, and contrast them. Well, they they are detailed are Truck rivals, um, right? It's but it, it very exciting from yeah. from uh, Dodge to see that, and hopefully it trickles down that kind of style into all their other vehicles. Um, do they
0: have a smaller truck? Do they still make the Dakota?
1: No. Oh, they did. Yeah. I know what received... off the top of my head, right? Like for for twenty eighteen, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'll ch- We'll check that though. Yeah. Um, but even just seeing the new Rebel, yes. Like, I there are no prices yet for this, mm-hmm. but I would have a hard time spending a hundred thousand dollars Canadian on a Raptor when this exists. Really? Yeah. I still like the. Raptor. If 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 you're saving twenty twenty five thirty grand, if there's that much mm-hmm. of a difference between the two, which last generation there was, mm-hmm. like between the last Rebel and the current F, um, Raptor. I don't know. I'd rather have thirty thousand dollars in my pocket. I definitely see where you're going with that. I just, especially I, with that interior, because the only thing holding me back from ever cross shopping an F one hundred and fifty and a Dodge mm-hmm. was the interior. Yeah, and to see this with this new technology and and that giant screen with all the switches under it, I, I yeah. think I think it's cool. I will say though, I'm looking at the
0: I'm looking at the Rebel right now. Yeah. Um, the I, interior I, is, but even the cab, I I, like, I prefer the F one hundred and fifty. Even the style of the cab. I'm talking about the exterior alone. The interior is impressive. I, I will give them that. I, I'm the type of guy that if, the, if it's not broken, don't fix it. So Ford right now, I, I think their interiors are fine. Right. Um, but I do think that that Ram stepped up their game huge. With There's the one, one
1: thing here is the Rebel's not showing the same center stack as the other it,
0: trucks. And this is the thing. So the the Rebel has not been updated. You'll notice right. the front end is is still different. So the Rebel is the same Rebel, or maybe with a minor refresh that mm-hmm. was out, uh, I believe, uh, last year. When did they release it? Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Um, so. so it hasn't changed all that much, uh, but I it's still, it, for me, it, it's and even even when you look at the front of the Rebel, it still has that shark shark fin or shark tooth snaggle tooth front end mm-hmm. where the the top of the hood is stretched out further than the, the from the bottom of the bumper. Yep. So that was never that appealing to me. It's a little bit long in the tooth, no pun intended, uh, in that style. And that's maybe why I appreciate this this new Ram so much, as they totally did away with that. Um, but well, no, the Rab- the Rebel was updated. It was it was updated, but not to the same re- to the same generation as the the new Ram. Are you sure the f- the is the front faces are it totally right different? Yeah,
1: well, because yeah. it's it's their sport.
0: Yeah, but. You can even see the architecture of the front bumper is different,
1: right? Because it's got it's more rugged.
0: Well, no, it has. I'm
1: looking at it, Anthony. It looks the same.
0: I don't know. I'm even just, the front bumper. I'm looking at it see.
1: right now. The hood. It, it's got the bump out. Okay, the same way as the new ones.
0: Yeah, I guess we're we're arguing semantics at this point. For me, it looked a little bit different, but now I'm seeing the lights are the same, so that must no, mean that they, the, they've, the updated the same. they've updated it. They've updated, yeah.
1: And okay. one thing I do like that they did.
0: Does it not come with the center stack though?
1: I think these pictures are outdated. I think they're they're showing the wrong pictures here. Okay.
0: I'm looking at automobile.ca. But anyway, we could uh, we're, we're I think really we, I think we gotta go more into deal semantics. with this
1: on another day. Yeah. The one thing that I'd like to point out is they took this stupid giant R A M off the off the tailgate. Of the, on the Rebel? No, the Rebel still has it. Yeah. That's the only I'm one that has the it. The Rebel has it. But it's all the there. other trucks.
0: And just as obnoxious as ever. Uh yes. Yeah, but but it, but it suits the rebel. Okay, but then I'm I'm also looking at uh, I don't know what edition uh, I'm 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 staring at right now. It's red with a lot of chrome on it. They got RAM right on the front. Yes. Okay. How do you feel about that? I don't like it. Neither do I.
1: But they put the Rams head back on the on the tailgate. Okay, good. And they've they've redesigned good. the Rams head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more chiseled and a little more aggressive. It's kind of cool. Yeah. But no, uh, definitely update. Um, you know, I had a I had a conversation earlier on, in the week with Ralph Gilles um okay no. all
0: right all right mikey relax
1: <laughs> no i just commented he responded yeah that is pretty Not cool a Ra- ralph gilles a, he I seems like, a like a he's
0: someone who's very passionate about his brand if you guys don't know ralph Giles is ceo of what is it again
1: he was the ceo of srt mm-hmm. um and now he's the i believe he's the head of um development for fiat chrysler
0: mm-hmm. a big guy high praise high praise right. um
1: apparently our friend my our friend Eric was telling me the other day that he's had a lot of um controversy with some of the other um with uh motor trend
0: I think I was telling you that was that you yeah
1: oh. the so my uh, apologies, if you guys sir. don't
0: know when the when the viper came out,
1: you were definitely telling me this last yeah, night. yeah
0: yeah so when the viper came out uh motor trend lapped it and it got a sub uh, a sub par track time. And they called it out and said, the Viper is not, it's undrivable. It's too crazy. Mm-hmm. Ralph Gilles tweeted them and said, you guys just don't know how to drive. Which was a huge call because they had Randy Popes at the time. And, and uh, you know, they hold up Randy Popes to be this uh, super, yeah. super crazy, awesome driver. So, um, uh, Mortar took that as and said, okay, we'll give us some more time with the car and we'll see what we can do. And they did do a foot up. I think it held the, the rear wheel drive lap time. Or even just the lap time in general for for production cars for a good year or more. I don't think it was beaten until some hypercar beat it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that just shows you like Ralph Gilles is is a true enthusiast. Um, he is really really passionate and he cares about what is put into these vehicles. Yeah. Which is another which is in my opinion another another score for for Ram uh, and SRT in general that they have someone at the helm who mm-hmm. cares about what's going into their, their cars. Again, I don't I, I do not hate on RAM. I think Ram has its place and and I just think that it is a very, very uh it's a great time to be a consumer of these trucks. It is a very competitive market at this point. So when something comes out that's impressive, I want to talk about it. And right. I think the exterior and the interior of the new RAM are impressive. I hope that they come out with some sort of powertrain improvements as well. I don't know what they've done. I'm sure they're still offering the Hemi and their Eco Diesel. Yeah, they've Other got the, the
1: 305 horsepower, 3.6 liter yeah. V6, the Penn Star. Okay. And the uh, 395 horsepower, 5.7 liter V8 Hemi. Mm-hmm. And then they're obviously adding in this hybrid. Okay. That can feed energy oh, to right. a forty-eight volt lithium-ion battery, well,
0: and we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, people dismissed the the EcoBoost when it came out. I'm sure people are going to dismiss this hybrid system, but it yeah. could be it could be the next gen. Everyone knows that when we talk about torque, diesels have run the market for torque, but electric motors are far more efficient and far more torquier. Mm-hmm. So, you know that that hybrid system could come in handy and, and really make this this next generation of Ram the the workhorse right. of, of the uh, of the category. So, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Um, should we should we move along out of trucks? Yeah. I feel like it's, we've been truck-heavy for, uh, well, for the last... Well, it's Detroit. Yeah, and there's a lot happening in the truck realm.
1: But. Um, yeah, let's move on to our the good old built Ford... Good old boys. And we're not going to talk about trucks. We're not going to talk about F-150s. Not F-150s. We've got something a little bit more exciting. Another icon of American culture. Yeah, the GT500. The Stanger. 700-plus horsepower monster. There's really nothing... Released on it, there really yeah. it wasn't even there. They didn't there, even have the were car two, there. There were
0: two. There were two big Mustang stories. Yeah, and if you guys follow Mustang a lot, I know a lot of you do because mm-hmm. Mustangs sell like like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone knows. Uh, in 2015, they received its biggest, uh, its next generation Mustang. Huge hype around the that. 350? I. Well, no, no. Twenty fifteen is when they just came out with a new Mustang. Oh, sorry, yeah. Right. Um. So fully, finally, fully independent rear suspension. You know, something that was uh, antiquated technology at this point. EcoBoost. But it, it, the EcoBoost Mustang came out. Everyone's oh, you can't put a four cylinder in a Mustang. Yeah. You can. It's a sports car. Four cylinder turbocharged yeah, look, engines the, are.
1: The, the F Type comes in a four cylinder. I you know? know what the hell. What are they? Yeah, <laughs> See, know. that's weird. But anyway, <laughs> just
0: because you you've heard you've heard the V eight F Type and you're like, wow, uh, you hear a four cylinder F Type, or
1: you hear the the F Type. SVR, which is arguably and factually the loudest car from factory really
0: oh my god and yep. then and then you in the same, in and then the same you put a four, model you can afford on it it's a little weird but anyway so so back in 2015 Ford releases this Mustang and by the way I love giving you guys these like history uh things I love doing these timelines so just just uh just yeah. listen to me go yeah I a love bit. them but, too but anyway so yeah back in 2015 Ford releases this new Mustang um and with it uh comes again fully independent rear suspension brand new design language brand new interior a lot of people are liking it um they of course comes in gt models v6 models which are now the bottom of the line and then above the v6 is the four-cylinder turbo so that changed something then they came out with the new gt350 and 350r which are their performance models and that created a
1: huge storm there's lots of flat plane
0: crank engines. sounds phenomenal uh very low center of gravity because of the flat plane crank in the front Uh, and and really fantastic handling cars, and great-looking cars, great-sounding cars. Really, really cool from the Mustang brand. Then 2017 rolls around, and the Mustang receives a refresh. This is controversial because they softened it up a little bit, especially in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I'm not a huge fan of the refresh. I think especially in the lower-end models, (laughs) without all the fancy uh, sports packages on it, it makes it look a little bit less aggressive than the previous generation. But an
1: upgrade in the interior.
0: Yes, and upgrading the interior, and, yeah. I, and honestly, th- their interiors are really nice. I think that um, that all of the the, the pony cars have uh, pretty nice interiors at this mm-hmm. point. You, you, it's not like the old days where you spent fifty thousand dollars and got a, a, an interior from a Ford Focus, right? Um, but anyway, so now you spend fifty thousand dollars and you're
1: getting an interior from an F one hundred and fifty.
0: Yes, and I would say a bespoke interior, especially in the Mustang. They they they're like the interior was designed with a lot of heritage in mind. Yes. Um, so either way, so that was in twenty seventeen, and now finally. The long-awaited GT500 has been teased Mm -hmm. at the 2018 Detroit Auto Show. Very
1: briefly teased.
0: Yes. Before the GT350R, the 500 was the only one to carry the Shelby name. Um and so now I don't even know did they, put well, they a the Shelby G-
1: No they had the GT350 years like Well uh, sorry back in the
0: day but I'm talking about like this generation modern. and and in the at least in in the, the modern uh pony cars
1: Yeah the 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 500 has been around for Yeah
0: but the GT350 only making I think high 400s or low 500s in in horsepower it was not mm-hmm. meant to be uh, a drag monster it was never intended to compete right. with the Hellcat or the uh Z uh, Which
1: unfortunately forcibly it was well, yes, because just it was given the, the time, the, it was the top released. of their line. Yeah. But
0: the the Z well, not the Z28. What's the um, what's the other Corvette? The supercharged ZL1. ZL1 and Hellcat trounced this car. Mm-hmm. It, you know, they, it, obviously they're they're both very very capable. We won't even get into Demon uh, specs yet. Yeah. But now finally the GT350's big brother, the GT500 is coming out, and Ford is only teased it at Detroit, um, basically giving you a, a, a look at the car. And they didn't really do anything crazy. It just looks like a beefed up mustang as as gt500 uh, no it, it appears
1: that that it's it's pretty got like quite a bit of arrow, more so than even the r the the, the 350r mm. um and and the one other thing that they did say was that it's projected to have more than 700 horsepower
0: yeah so 700 plus yeah which i think is is a is a great term to use it's the first it's the
1: first um street legal production ford to ever yeah. hopefully surpass 700 horsepower
0: oh yeah exactly and and really, it makes me think like, what is what's Chevy doing with the ZL1? That's sub 700 horsepower. We know that the Hellcat is, is 707. Right. Know, fantastically marketed. Of course. Funny uh, little tidbit here. When they released the Ram, yeah, the the interior time. shots on the time. Johnny Lieberman for Motor Trend pointed this out.
1: Well, no, one of, someone commented on it. Okay. Saying uh, an eagle eyed comment.
0: Oh, so that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, so the time inside the Ram was 707, the horsepower of the Hellcat. Yeah. That was kind of funny. I think it was a total, just like that was a total coincidence. Yeah, they didn't do that yeah. on purpose. Or else they have very clever marketing people. But yeah. anyway, um, so the Hellcat, obviously the industry standard as far as high high output uh, V8s, and you see it even more in the Demon. But now Shelby, uh, yeah, yes, it's called now the Mustang Shelby GT500. That's the name from right. Ford at least in this in this teaser video. So, Shelby moniker, uh, plus, 500, uh, plus 700 horsepower, GT500 name, uh, an emblem. This is going to be an exciting car.
1: It's I mean, you asked, what's the ZL1 going to do? Mm-hmm. I think we can wait and see. Yeah. I think this is kind of I think the ZL1
0: is the circuit champion. Like when we talk about lapping, of course, the ZL1's technology is far superior to that of the current generation Hellcat. Yes. Uh, However, we talked about this before. Well, I think we're going to be seeing a uh, a the next generation Challenger coming out in the next few years, based off of the the same platform of the Quadrifoglio. Yes, we did. Yes. Um, You know, because Fiat Chrysler making babies, Uh, but. Yeah, I mean this is just this is we've been waiting for this. Now, here's my question to you. What motor do you think they're going to put in this the Coyote or the uh Voodoo flat plane crank in the 500?
1: Yeah. I don't know. No comment.
0: Okay. Well, then I'll rant a little bit. If they stick to typical Ford, they're just going to supercharge their Coyote, and their Coyote does need more development. It's been yeah. around now for two generations, but they I think they can pump more out of it. However, I would be way more interested if they put their uh, supercharged version of their flat plane crank Mm -hmm. uh, V8, the new Voodoo V8, in this car. Right. I think that would be unreal. It would sound totally different than any other muscle car. And it would have a lower center of gravity. Well, maybe not because you're going to be putting a a blower on top. But if they put – and, again, this is a teaser. We don't have any information right now. But if they put the flat plane crank in this vehicle – we're gonna see a proper competitor if they stick with the fi- with a with a forced induction uh, system on their five liter. Right. Then it's more of what we've what we've been used to seeing, but it's still gonna be a competitive vehicle. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm seriously thinking if they go the route of the Voodoo engine in this GT500. Right. It's gonna be an epic uh, monster, and I'm 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 excited for
1: that. Well, they have to stay relevant with yeah. what um like Dodge is releasing, like solely mm-hmm. just them. Yeah they relevant they got to kind of do something like that exactly right
0: and and honestly it would it would make sense what else what there's no other vehicle that has that uh that voodoo motor in it so right. you know it'd be cool to see that um in other mustang news something that didn't impress me at first but i've grown to like mm-hmm. the new bullet edition mustang yeah so i i i think i explained a bit of its history to you but i'll say it you again did, for yes, our listeners i
1: was not aware yeah.
0: And and even I was even I was uh, not in tune with the history, you know. Growing up, knowing who Steve McQueen was, I never right. actually saw Bullet, and I still haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, but shout out to Victor, who I work with. He uh, he filled me in on the story. So, Bullet, obviously a uh, very famous Steve McQueen movie from the I believe the mid to late seventies, uh, and in it he his the hero car was a fastback Mustang. Um, and Steve McQueen drove this thing like like crazy, right. did a lot of cool stuff with it, a lot of chase scenes, stuff like that. Um, and the car, uh, there were two cars uh, I believe that they kept track of. One was the stunt car, one was the hero car that was supposed to be nice, kept clean and everything. Stunt car was probably scrapped or whatever. The hero car was uh, sold immediately after the movie was done filming. Uh, and it ended up on a, on a used car lot. Mm-hmm. A, lo- a local man in that town saw it in the ad for six thousand dollars, which at the time was a lot of money for a used car. But it was it, it was noted that it was the vehicle used in the right. Steve McQueen yeah, exactly. movie. So he paid a substantial amount at the time, six thousand dollars in the mid to late 70s was a lot for a used Mustang. And it stayed hidden in a barn. Uh, well, he drove it obviously, but it, it had really for the majority of its time since then, in the in the 40 years since then, has really sort of stayed kept indoors right not, and and not not been driven um and however uh, the story as the story goes steve mcqueen did reach out to this man uh to try and buy the car from him and he, he refused oh he really said no yeah his his kids have shared this story with uh with ford and and uh with the world really mm-hmm. so the man refused said no uh i i'm not interested in the car um after that people sort of lost track of where it went and i'm not sure how exactly it's been brought out now this original bullet mustang but i'm sure it had something to do with ford timing the release of this this bullet edition so at the detroit auto show they had the original bullet hero car parked beside the new bullet edition mustang gt um so a little bit of automobilia history there uh automotive culture and uh well i guess we'll just we'll just go to you mikey what do you think about this new car this it's, new edition.
1: Are they actually really releasing it as like a full line? Like yep. how many, how, is it a limited production? I what's, honestly
0: don't know. I, I don't know the specs on, on they didn't this re, Again, they didn't
1: really say much about it. Um, but what's the deal there? Like are they going to release a full run of it? Or is it just limited to 500 models? Like mm-hmm. what's, what's the deal there? Um, if it's limited, sure. It's like mm-hmm. any limited car. They, they'll sell and they'll be kind of cool. It's an homage to an old car mm-hmm. like that. Um, what I like, again, there's no MSRP yet released for it. So how much of a premium are you going to pay for this? That, that's all something that factors to me because I, I mean, ultimately before last night, I didn't even know what bullet was. Mm -hmm. Do I care? No. Mm -hmm. Uh, do I think it's kind of cool? Sure. Yeah. The story behind it's kind of cool, but will I pay a premium for this car over, let's say the GT 500 no,
0: no, no, absolutely not. You're not going to be getting the technical. Or, or
1: okay, over a Mustang GT, even if this is more powerful,
0: it is 40 horsepower more.
1: I, same coyote. I, don't, I, 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 I don't see the, don't see the value yet. in
0: it. Um, I, 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 totally see that. I totally understand where you're coming from. I'm like you, not really. Like, I, I, I mean, like I think it kind of looks Queen, kind of cool, it's and that's different. what that's what I was gonna say. So, I think that they did a good job in creating a limited edition that is. Is it? it is it looks different? It is limited. It must be limited. Th- uh, they probably do a have whole a year or two run. Yeah, um, but what the thing that makes it look so different? Minimalist, no yes. badging. Yes, 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 yes. You that's know, what I like about it. It's a dark green color with black wheels, red calipers, Hertz shifter inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only badging is the badging on the steering wheel and on the rear deck. That's a bullet. Uh, I think it's a very, it's a very good looking Mustang. And yeah. but
1: I think that's where I kind of cross over back to the regular Mustang, is you can do yeah. this for probably a lot less. You could do it yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this
0: is targeted towards Steve McQueen fanboys.
1: I think. Right, and I think ultimately it's a cool color that is not available yeah. for a regular Mustang.
0: And But I will say that at the same time, it's marketed towards Steve McQueen enthusiasts and and fanboys, but Ford's also giving them a very well-designed car. Yes. They're not just giving them a... Uh, They're not slapping a badge exactly on and saying, "Here you go, give me give me yeah. uh, eight thousand dollars more for your premium Steve McQueen edition Mustang."
1: Yeah, I, th- it's I think cool. it's something cool. Would I pay a premium for it over a regular Mustang GT? Yeah, no, I'd have a would have a difficult time. Um, to. But I mean, someone did mm-hmm. because apparently on Friday night they auctioned off the first production model of it mm-hmm. um, for three hundred thousand dollars. So that's not how much it will be. For the regular consumer obviously yes, that's this was for charity so obviously the price was inflated mm-hmm. um but i guess that's a good thing for them to do
0: i yeah i think it's it's cool for the uh, first one you know, it gets people talking about mustangs some more so i just wish they had re- uh, released a bit more specs about the gt500 but we can be sure that throughout 2018 it'll come it'll come uh and i think uh maybe that's the is that the end of of mustang uh talk
1: i think so um, and on to, I think we're going to jump into um, some German muscle. Yeah. Well, not jump in. We're going to touch on it. Like, yeah. Spe- especially just this. Oriented. There's mm-hmm. more to come and so much to talk about. But um, Mercedes released, obviously, weeks ago, they, they showed the CLS. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the Detroit Auto Show, they released a CLS 53 mm-hmm. and an E53. Yes. Brand new mo- Brand new monikers. Yes.
0: Right? Like, we had the 43 released, appearance package.
1: Yeah, uh, essentially. <laughs> appearance, what? like, sports package. Appearance
0: pack. and, and sports package. The 43s have their place. But now the 53 is
1: is, is uh, has some performance clout. Well, there you go. You just said the 43 has its place. And I think mm-hmm. that's why we need to dedicate a whole episode to just AMG yes, right now. and what they're because doing. Because they've got 43s, 53s, and 63s. Yeah, and, and 65s in some case. and And some models don't even have like 350s or 300 they, they just have the 43 and 63 yes, yes. and now they'll just have probably the to like yeah. I, I i'm i'm i know quite a bit about mercedes mm-hmm. and i'm starting to get confused yeah same thing that happened to me with bmw just yeah.
0: when i thought i had understood the between one and seven series then all of these crossovers and and um, amalgamation started coming well, they made to- it more
1: bmw made it more simple
0: did they though yeah
1: with, like, you're like we talking about, like, separating, like, the, the 3 Series into a 4 Series. But
0: you're you, I think you're saying they made it simple because, like, hey, if it's an even number, it's a coupe. If it's an odd
1: number, I it's mean, a sedan. Essentially, they've done that, yeah.
0: Yeah, but it, there's so many vehicles now. They there just are released the X2 crossover. Yeah. Okay, but so the X2 is supposed to be a coupe crossover?
1: Well, that's the thing with Mercedes, too. They announced... You had an X1, you had an X3, you have an X4, now yeah. you have an X2. Well, the people want SUVs. I, I guess uh, that's and the void um, that they're filling.
0: But bring us wagons! Bring me some wagons instead of all these there's, crossovers. There's no market for it here. Oh, I would love a wagon. Um, I want I want something that drives like a car, but has the to- the interior capacity of a SUV. Right, that's and a I, wagon. I think that
1: that's a common um, what's the word? Uh, request, a desire request from car guys mm-hmm. to bring wagons and give it but, a
0: manual transmission, and I'll be happy, and I'll shut up. And give it some, perform- some proper performance clout.
1: But those those old square Volvo wagons are what ruined it for I don't think people so people in America.
0: Well, look at the CTS uh, V wagon. That was cool. Manual transmission, big honking supercharged V eight. Right. And but, station wagon. And it didn't look. It wasn't the best looking vehicle, but it was cool. I think I
1: think there you go. The word station wagon also ruined it. Yes.
0: Well, anyway. It just gives it, gives it a, it a bad rep. Yeah, it gives it sort of a sleepy thing. But no, anyway. um, Mercedes. Yes, back I, to Mercedes.
1: I, I forget who said it and what the actual figure was. Mm-hmm. But it, was a, it was around maybe six or seven months ago. They said that Mercedes was going to be releasing within like the next two or three years a ridiculous amount of AMGs. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where it's starting. They're not. Well, I think we know where that's coming from. Not sorry,
0: not who said it, but I think we know the the you know, idea behind it. Yeah. I mean AMG has become the the Instagram thing. Right. You know? And like it's kind of disappointing in my eyes. Well that's what happens when you when you make a brand solely based on your exhaust note. <laughs> I love that exhaust note. I love it too, but you have to imagine that you're now okay, now you have it's almost like fashion watches. It's a brand solely based on people a want facet. people
1: want stuff that they can't have and this is an answer to it. Exactly. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah. But
1: I don't know. We'll 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 get back into Mercedes, and I think a comparison of Audi, BMW, and Mercedes altogether, because I think everything's switching around. If that makes yeah. sense, and if it doesn't make sense, we'll explain it at a later date. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that is there so, anything else from Detroit that you think was notable? Other than
0: that, no. I mean, like we uh, listed
1: everything at the beginning. Yeah, we went yeah. through a couple things that we found interesting.
0: It'll be it'll be so it'll be interesting, obviously, to see the development of of Mercedes with the new 53 line, and we'll go right. into that in another episode. And, and
1: the, they they've redesigned the whole exterior and interior, yeah. Yes. Uh, with the CLS showing, yeah. Um, I know you're not a big fan. I'm not a big fan. It's but grown on me. I'll it's be it's, honest. Pr- it's probably a grower, not a shower. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly.
0: Uh, but anything else from Detroit? I don't know. I'm sure we're going to have to talk about Hyundai. At there's some
1: still point. New York. There's still Los Angeles. Yeah. Los Angeles brings heat, so
0: yeah. And Infinity apparently released a new concept too, but once that reaches, Concepts. yeah, once the once those concept designs reach actual marketable vehicle level, then yeah. we we'll, then we'll dig more into that. And I'm excited. I want to see something good from Infinity come out. They've really uh, they sort of sterilized their whole they're, brand. They're
1: they're kind of in the same realm as Acura where yeah. we've, we we we've talked about it. if they don't step up their game, they're not going to be around. Mm-hmm. But I think Infinity still has, has a really good design team. Like I like the new They're Q- another company Q-50 that has just, just lost Q-60 me with Coop. their with their naming. Oh, you've, granted. Well, they, I granted they they're not a, they're not a company that I follow. Yeah, but they just changed it completely, mm-hmm. and I do not understand it. Yeah, they have what used to be the G thirty seven. What do they call that now? Q uh, Q sixty and Something Q fifty. Like they're Q50 sharp. Q fifty is yeah. They are the Q sixty is the coupe, and I really like. The I've coupe. never. I, the I I've, I've on only ever nice. sat in the old G thirty seven. Yeah, and I just remember the seats being like couches. The, no, I wouldn't say that. They were buckets. Was it a coupe? Yes, but I'm, I'm 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 couching the respect of they were like these oh thick, thick heavily thick bolstered sheets, uh, yeah. seats seats yeah. yeah it was kind of cool yeah but really nice. um no I I'd love to drive one of them. Mm-hmm um there's a guy down the street that has one a black one they're they're cool they're very You're sharp
0: Talking about a q60 a brand new one yeah, yeah. brand new
1: they are they are sharp Man, uh i think they're all not, not a fan available of their, in all-wheel drive
0: they are available on wheel drive and just rear wheel drive i believe it's cool not a fan of the drive of the steer by wire system that they employ what's that there's no mechanical connection between your steering wheel and your uh steering okay rack. so uh with all aids turned off and motor trend did a little spiel on this mm-hmm. um with all the aids turned off on the track which again, am I going to take a Q60 to the track? Right. No, but I'm going to, I'm going to drive a, Q, a Q60 on some nice roads and yeah. I'm going to push it. It, it. It's very difficult to understand where your front wheels are. Huh. And I think that that's when you're, maybe put that in the sedan, say, reserve the mechanical thing for the coupe. Again, uh, everyone out there will say, well, Infiniti had to do it because the most dangerous thing in the vehicle is the is the, is the the steering column shaft. Uh, it, it can impale you, it can kill you. Yeah. How many people have you heard Death by steering column impalement. Yeah. Like, obviously, yes, there's a liability there. You have a big metal rod mm-hmm. right in front of the driver. But there's ways to engineer around that. Right. Right? Like, you can have it, uh, the engine, apparently, in cars is engineered to drop so that you the engine get, ends up below your feet yeah. when you're in an accident. You can't find a way to make a steering column shatter in a way that doesn't impale people. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever heard of a gruesome enough accident that this steering column impaled someone. So, no. anyway, it seems to work on most other vehicles. I don't know why I can't work in the, in the infinity coops, but anyway, that's a, that's an argument. Something for different day. than no one else does. Let's end this tangent. I think we're gonna take a little break before we head into watches because I, know what,
1: I think you're reading my mic. My I famously small bladder
0: it. is uh, is uh, is it needs it needs some attention. So
1: and my famously large bladder needs some filling.
0: Okay, Th- that doesn't make any sense. Uh, it doesn't. It's also not famous. Anyway, don't, we'll don't, be right
1: back. Don't know why I said that. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be right back.
0: Whenever you're ready.
1: Oh, I'm ready, and we're back. What that was live, Anthony. That thank you for the instrumental beatboxing. Oh God, oh I'm so I'm so embarrassed. Follow
0: my account at Toronto beatboxing. <laughs> no, anyway, uh, back to. Uh, well,
1: I there, guess we're, is we're... there an account?
0: Let me check. Absol- there's absolutely not an account, Mikey. Let's be real. Okay? No,
1: not not from you, but Toronto beatboxing. Toronto, Toronto beatboxing. We'll find out. But Let, let's, let's going. Share no, we're gonna comedians. wait. Toronto beatboxing.
0: It's probably gonna be like. A, Anthony Anthony. There is a Toronto Boxing. There is not. There is not. Well, maybe we'll start it. You anyway you have the option. Back to time
1: lapse, oh, Mikey. No, no, no. Save no. our business time ventures. Time lapse. Time lapse is done. We're done. Toronto, <laughs> Toronto beatboxing is the is, new.
0: Is the next level. Yeah. Um. But I, I. I think we're done with cars.
1: Uh. Yeah. This this episode, this podcast is no longer about cars. It, it will be called boxing and laps, and we will talk about boxing. Sometimes boxing. Sometimes. I
0: don't like you. <laughs>
1: anyway, no, we're done for today with, um, with, the, the, with car the automotive topic. Uh, and I portions. Think we can start off with um, the S I W H C. Oh, I was going to see the obvious order of events. Oh A my god! Check.
0: Oh my god! What have I done? I sorry, sorry,
1: Mikey. Rorschach check. <clears throat> today, I am wearing my Panerai. Typical. Why typically? <laughs> I'm totally
0: kidding. I just said that
1: to to get a reaction. But go on. Yeah, I don't, I don't right? really wear it that much. No, yeah. I do. I definitely do wear it. Well you love it. And there's nothing um, wrong with it. Um I do that. love it. It's on the the gray suede strap. There's mm-hmm. an Italian Which name for it looks very I always nice. Forget. It's something fruity but but substantial. What? I'm just saying, like that's Yeah, it's a Pam three eighty. Um I love it. It's great. It looks what great. does Pam stand for, by the way? That's just their um designation. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, um it's, uh, you know, we've talked about it before. We about it, yeah, uh, the only thing that I've grown to hate mm-hmm. about this watch
0: mm-hmm.
1: is that I didn't get a butterfly clasp for it.
0: Yeah, but that's something you can fix
1: tomorrow. I was actually thinking of fixing it right after this. Ah, I see. Um, basically, I, I've got two straps. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the lady there at Panerai was kind enough to give me a free strap. And I think yeah. we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. I got a black strap and this gray.
0: Shout out Panerai,
1: suede, Toronto. Suede strap um and i think i'm going to right now i've got it with just a simple buckle mm-hmm. i'm going to switch the buckle over to the black strap cuz i don't wear the black strap as and, often and
0: the buckle is a sizing issue like where obviously you you don't you're putting wear that you don't want on the strap but it's also right. it would be, be a it's both. better for the size. Uh,
1: the, the, the the butterfly clasp as we as we've explained before mm-hmm. helps with the, the the longevity of the strap mm-hmm. as well as you get a better fit with it you can customize it right to the yeah. Exact size. Yeah, you can adjust Whereas the Whereas this, you're limited mechanism. to the two holes that mm-hmm. are either one's perfect, one's too small, one's too big. Mm-hmm. In this case, I'm right in the middle of two holes where one is a little that's bit too what, tight. That's what he said. Okay. There's uh, one that's a little bit too tight and one that's makes it just a little bit too large and it kind of jostles yeah. back and forth. Um, obviously, I've been wearing it on the tighter one because I hate a watch that moves around too mm-hmm. much. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go grab the clasp for it and nice. get that better fit. And then I'll have them both on a buckle readily available.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, but, yeah, that's that's the Panerai. Cool. It's got a nice cool, cool. pillowcase, the wire lugs, of course, that are great. It is. A, yeah, it's very
0: pretty. And, even, and it's one of the watches that you can appreciate even from across the boardroom because it's giant. And you can but, sit it
1: up like when you're when you're going to bed, if you're taking a nap on the couch or something, right, and you all right. need a
0: clock. Alright, John Mayer.
1: You go <laughs> No, he said that about the big The IWC, like...
0: yeah, I know, I know.
1: I love John Mayer. He's pretty cool. I don't um, like his music. Yeah, but like, I like personality wise, he's cool.
0: Um, and for me, wristwatch check, hodinky system fifty one, uh a favorite of mine in my collection.
1: Uh, I was wanna, gonna. If you want to hear about it, just listen to episodes one, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, and seven.
0: I, I don't be fair. I don't wear it every time, but today I grabbed the G Shock because no, I'm a little bit dressed down. It's early on a Sunday morning, as, as yeah. most people dress down, you know, on an early Sunday morning as you're going to church or whatever. So I was I grabbed the G Shock and then I looked and I thought, you know what? I with what I'm wearing, I'm wearing a lot of gray. A lot of you know. down, sure. So I thought, let me save the G-Shock for the Vespa work
1: I got to do later this week. Let me let See, me
0: wear the System Fifty One. I I don't
1: understand the way you think with your watches. Like when when I'm wearing sweatpants, sometimes I put on my Panerai. Mm-hmm. I don't care.
0: I don't know. I just for me they're a tool, and and no matter what they are, they're always a tool.
1: Shout out to John Mayer for installing that in my head.
0: Yeah, I know. So great, you think like John Mayer? That's so cool. You're <laughs> definitely not a narcissist. Well, <laughs> what, what what he
1: did say was. <laughs> That he was always scared to wear his Pateks, but then he yeah. realized that, like, well, why don't I just wear them? I yeah. could I could wear this Patek to go pick up my dog shit. Mm-hmm. And it just made me did. realize that you don't need to have specific times and yes, watches you-
0: should be worn. Yes, we can all agree, watches should be worn. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm wearing the Hodinkee System 51. It's fantastic. 90 I hour I like power it. reserve. Shout it's out. It's cool. Yeah, I love putting this watch down. Not even on the winder. Just putting it down for two days. Coming back to it, it's in time. Did you say
1: 90 day? 90 hour. I think on the Hodinky article. Was it it Houdinki? wasn't Hodinky.
0: It was another article that was. They, well, said, that 90 they said 90 day. They said 90 day. And so like, like how, do you, how does your editor miss it's that? Three months. That's like a stat. If you're going to review uh, someone's work, you should make sure the stats are correct. Yeah. 90 day and 90 hour are very different. Hey, so. you got to anyway.
1: watch the last three months. Apparently. That three months. Um, uh, power before review. we jump into SIHH. Yeah. SIHH. Mm-hmm. Um i think and given your what you said about you dressing down Mm. i think we're gonna have to start dressing up we are a little nicer for these podcasts because i think we're gonna start
0: we are going to try we're gonna try to implement uh a visual aspect to these uh podcasts yeah um which uh given the runtime of of most of ours would be it's gonna be a lot of space a lot of gigs of, of video um but I think that it's going to add an extra element. You guys actually get to see what we look like instead of the, we're going to, you're going to get to see two goofy guys instead of just hearing two goofy guys. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be pretty cool.
1: No, but with, with, with the aspect of video, we'll be able to maybe have it as a more personable yeah. um, occasion as well as facilitating you guys with pictures and video of yes. what we're actually talking about. Exactly. Because you can only do so much explanation with these until like we're here sitting with our computers looking mm. at what we're talking about. So it's, uh, I mean, I haven't listened to the podcast really. Yeah. But even if I did, I know what everything looks like. Exactly. I can yeah. only imagine that some of the descriptions do get lost in translation. For sure.
0: For sure. And it, so it will just add an additional element and it sets, it sets us up nicely to release more content. Uh, yeah. You know, which video we're hoping to do. With, with watches and cars in the future. So, so we're, yeah, that's, that's the next aim. Uh, but uh, I think it's about time that we, we end this tangent and get into SI double It's not a tangent. It's a very important point. Well, I, 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 I agree. It can be both a tangent and a very important point. Yeah. Um, so 2018, yep. uh, full swing. It, it seems to have come to an end now. Um, I guess there's a lot of stuff, um, and, uh, that, that happened at this show. Yeah. We
1: talked about this, that yeah. even the brands that are featured at this show, mm-hmm. us two personally, before we started really getting involved with, um, like watches and cars and mm-hmm. doing this podcast, we kind of always just strayed away from the unattainable Exactly for, at le- for us, at least uh, being young guys that just mm-hmm. started our careers, uh, the unattainable brands. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're not,
0: you're not researching them to buy. Right.
1: So, so we've always stayed towards what we really what we own. Yeah. Um, but now as we're getting more involved with the podcast, um, we're being exposed to a lot of these brands and with this show being so early on in our podcast career, um there's a lot of information thrown at us all at yes. once and it's yeah. hard to take everything in yeah. from all of these large brands exactly um so i think what we're going to do is the same concept of what we did with cars is we're going to skim over a couple things some notable things that we thought was cool um some trends that we thought was going um, uh, what happened at the show um and then we'll do the same thing we'll we'll set aside specific podcast days to dive into these watches a little bit more and, mm-hmm. and both for us to learn about them and to share with you our opinions on them. Um, yeah, but in saying that, I think we can go and start with what, what so, we saw there.
0: Yes. And, uh, so fantastic article put out by gear patrol, um, mm-hmm. which is a, a watch. And I think just like, uh, like men's wear, website. I think they, they cover a lot of stuff, not just watches, yeah, but buying guides, cars, yes, home, they, fitness, they tech, did, style. Exactly. Did a fantastic uh, job of just reviewing um, SIWH 2018 and and we're going to borrow from them and we're going to we're going to take their word on their 20 or sorry, 12 best watches of SIWH 2018 um, just to give you guys a little rundown. So please do check out their Gear Patrol uh, website and their article. It's literally titled Best Watches 2018. Yeah, and
1: they, they, they give a, a good insight on each one, why yes. it matters, who it's for, and their opinion on each exactly. one of these twelve watches. Exactly.
0: So I'll just I'll just start off the naming here. So they considered the best new watch released at the show. Vacheron Constantin 56 self-winding steel. I did hear about this one a little bit. So 56 is a new line released by Vacheron Constantin, and this specific one, the self-winding steel, obviously steel being the materials made of, yep. um, is the most affordable watch it allows they've them ever released to price it down. Eleven eleven thousand uh, dollars. Mm-hmm. That's U.S. I'm assuming uh, for this this. Oh, well, you're buying uh, you know Vacheron Constantin. It's, it's a, that's high horology at any, yeah. at any price point, but, uh, best updated watch the IWC Portuguese, uh, part of the new 150 years collection. Honestly, a lot of stuff's been pumping out of IWC very before cool. the show for this
1: 150-year collection. And, yeah, we're really into it. It's the The white, the ones with the white dials, it almost looks like, like a porcelain floor, yeah. like a white porcelain. Yeah. Are you
0: talking about the ones that I like with yeah. the uh, aperture windows? Yes. Very, very cool. Very art deco. Right. really like what they're doing. Beautiful dress watches. Yeah. And we'll, we'll really get into that later. Unfortunately, I think IWC has 35. a whole as a brand. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, they updated the Portuguese. It's yeah. been a while for that. Even um, this
1: one here shown. Um, is there a reference number here for this one? Uh, it doesn't look like it. It's a blue face. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- it's price is $7,000, 71,000. Mm-hmm. I am assuming that's the U S. Um, that seems pretty affordable mm-hmm. with regards to IWC's lines. Yeah. Um, even looking at the, the, the back casing on it, it is very interesting. It's a little bit different.
0: Mm hmm. Oh, very, very, very cool from them. Um, then going uh, next, best everyday watch, and Mercier, Clifton Balmatic. No, you jump. Why, oh, sorry. Why did you do this? Why here, would buddy? I do that? Sorry, sorry. Best and, affordable and, and hold watch. Hold on. Can we just note that? It was Look a at the brand that he, that he skipped. Um, sorry. Before we get into that, and Mercier. Yes, best affordable watch. Uh, Panerai Op logo, which I I have pulled up because I was interested. <clears> it doesn't say how much it's going to be though, does it?
1: Yes, forty. Uh, 47 50.
0: and it's a 44 millimeter uh which is still large it's about the same, same size as yours forty. Mine,
1: mine's 45 oh, okay. um panerai is typically like a 45 47 brand mm-hmm. which i'll talk about panerai in a little bit with regards to sizing mm-hmm. um but yeah this is probably priced around the same price as the um the pam 380 the one that i have mm-hmm. um but the, what if- the thing about this is it it's using an that. in-house movement.
0: No. No, it is... Uh, for the first time,
1: it's using an in-house caliber, the P6000. Hold
0: on. That's quite a feat. Oh, you're right. It is which Which an is a huge
1: difference because I'm paying around the same price for this Radimir. Yes. Which has an ETA-based movement. Yeah. Uh, obviously finished by Panerai. And a mm. lot of people don't really like that, but you know what? You're right about that. And you know but what? It, it that, that That's intriguing to me.
0: I... Pff- uh, this is honestly a Panerai I can get into. Which, it's a value proposition Panerai.
1: Right. Oh, boy. Uh, it's a little bit smaller for your dainty wrists. My dainty but given that athletic it has, wrists. Given that it has this P6000 movement in it, that can only tell me that this should be an open case back. Yes. Um. The free, obviously, the PAM380, the one that I have, is mm-hmm. a closed case back. Mm-hmm. Why? What do they have to show off an ETA movement for? Mm-hmm. Exactly, they have nothing to show.
0: And I also like the guard, the crown guard. Uh, yeah, that, that that's
1: a thing of the. I Luminor. guess that's a Luminor,
0: Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, but very, very yeah, cool. no,
1: uh, it's definitely intriguing. Um, good to see that they're kind of reaching out towards the more affordable mm-hmm. realm. Uh, but I mean, true diehard Panarises may state otherwise, but guess what, Panarite, if they want to stay relevant, they have to. They need. Yeah. to pump out stuff that people can afford. And I'll and be
0: honest. I'll be honest. I, I, I didn't I realize that this came out at SI double H. I'm going to go home and research this watch a little bit more. And
1: I released a couple cool things. That's yes. But that G- that is pretty interesting. Given I'm, I'm biased towards Panerai. Yeah. I do like them as a brand. Mm-hmm. Um, in no way am I, am I a traditional Paneristi where I say it has to be, uh, 500 meter. Da, 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 da. Like mm-hmm. I, if they create new stuff, I'm open to yeah. accept it. Um, and I, I don't know. I think that's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so let, let's move yeah, on. Yeah, move on. Let's get through the list here. So best everyday watch, like we just said, Bob Mercier, Clifton, Bo-Matic. Uh, best overall watch design, Cartier Santos. Uh, what do you little, think about that? I like the Santos. I, I like the Tank Kind of cool, more, rugged. rugged. The, yeah, the Santos is cool. Uh, I, I Again, they're in their own league as far as dress watches. Yeah. I think they, they resemble. Uh, they have their own style. Um, so I... I don't think I'd ever have a problem with them because there's really nothing to compare them to.
1: We were in Cartier last night, mm-hmm. and um, I was hoping—well, I guess we wouldn't have even seen it—but I was hoping that they would have some sort of thing there. No, oh, okay. of the Tank Cintre. thats cintre. the rectangular one. It's it, it's it's rect- it's very long mm-hmm. and it's rounded. It's kind of see, cruel. but I it's like the, I like
0: the the normal tank, the traditional tank. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't no, know. No, they
1: are they are cool. They're um, already I think, very difficult to read. Why make it even harder? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they released an oversized tank. Yeah. Um, Add thing as well at H, mm-hmm. but uh yeah that's, that's a santos
0: yeah so then moving forward best modern watch what, spec- sorry
1: one thing that i do like about this and i guess you kind of get the same effect from Hublot and ap mm-hmm. but the, the, the screws on the on the case
0: uh for the
1: on the santos on the santos okay it kind of maybe not in gold but like in a in a silver it kind of makes it but again, with the Roman numerals, it, it's kind of—it's it,
0: rugged. It's very rugged. It, it's but it's I think also it's trying to be rugged, but yeah. it's
1: also be like the Roman numerals kind of fancy it up a little. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I personally, I prefer the tank over the Santos.
0: Yeah, uh, me as well. Um, next is, is most best modern watch design is the Hermes Car- Carré H.
1: Um, it's Hermes.
0: Hermes. Oh, my apologies. This is a cool looking watch, but does it do anything for me?
1: It's interesting, but yeah, I yeah. like it doesn't it doesn't make me wanna care and about it.
0: I don't think I'd ever I mean the money on a on a Hermes watch I don't think I'd spend
1: Well no, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't it's, throw them under the bus. They're like a that. fashion
0: company to me. They're not a watch company. Yes,
1: but okay, Ralph Lauren. they're a fashion company to I you, know, but they but make like, ridiculous watches
0: uh, that's fine but the fact that it's Ralph Lauren would still throw me off I wouldn't I, w- I would rather as give it my does money for a lot of a watchmaker um but either way Jaeger uh best vintage reissue Lager oh uh, sorry Jaeger Cotre Polaris Momovox and thank you Anthony for being so
1: rude towards the Frenchmen and butchering their I, accent
0: <laughs> I try my best uh, so this was yeah this is it is the j l. c yeah yeah, they got nice uh the nice uh radium colored loom, which is always a marker uh vintage, it's a very uh, cool watch it is it's very very legible too
1: this is a diver, oh interesting yes. is it uh it's a forty two millimeter diving diver oh, interesting which know. is kind of weird cause, like the bezel the 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 it's an inner rotating yeah, bezel, yeah. yeah, but they do that on a lot of divers, I really like the strap on that. It is cool. See, this is this is something where we could easily be putting pictures on the screen for exactly. people to be yeah. experiencing this with us,
0: and that's why we want you to, as you're listening, pull up the Gear Patrol uh, article, give them some uh, some views.
1: Yeah, and if you're driving, pull over, pull up the yeah, you want, you're, stop you're, you're, where you're going. You're not getting it to your destination. You're yeah. gonna sit on the side of the road. Yeah, no. Um, I, feel, I feel
0: like I got to keep us on track here because <laughs> we still have more watches to get through. Anyway, best. Ultra thin watch and we're going to talk more about this specific one because this is this is a this is a huge uh, culture that's coming through Piaget Altiplano ultimate automatic now uh, we'll get into this more but it's a very important watch and this is the ultra thin uh, which a lot of people are doing now Mm -hmm. Um, so they're they're giving it best ultra thin watch which is typical because the Altiplano was the first ultra thin watch to to bring forward this new design Mm -hmm. Uh, best affordable complication watch Mont Blanc 1858 Geosphere. How, what do you feel about this? I've seen the Geospheres before. I'm honestly not. I'm not uh, a fan of Geospheres, yeah.
1: but I am a fan of the 1858 series.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Why? Because the vintage, the heritage aesthetic? Y- yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, I just, it, for me, it's a little bit too complicated. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's too complicated without being too complicated. It, you're, it's you're a minimalist. Complicated in the
1: sense of there's too much going on.
0: Yeah, but then there's also empty space. Right. And so there's sort of so much going on in certain a, areas. a trip. Yeah, but I do like the strap they put it on. I am a fan of uh, the tan no, leather strap. There was like
1: that, that compass on the top. Why would yes. they? Do, why would they do that?
0: Well, what do you mean? The uh, what's it called? The uh, oh, well, sorry, I'm not. I'm not familiar it, with the geosphere. It's a, it's a well, no, but it's a, like a navigator's watch. So right. the same thing with the Seiko Alpinist. Of course, we're talking different leagues here. Yeah. How uh, dare he mention Seiko when when we were talking about SiwH? But the yeah. Alpinist has a has a compass in it in it as well because it's designed oh, okay. for mountaineers. My Japan. apologies,
1: my. No, it's not the first I time. I apologize for my um, ignorance.
0: Don't worry about that, my friend. And best high complication watch, Ooh. of course. And we're gonna we're gonna talk more about this watch specifically. The yeah, not you pronounce the name?
1: I mean, I've heard Lange a bunch of and Son. <laughs> uh, I believe it's a Lange and Son triple split. That's it. You said it
0: very well there. And the triple split, of course, being the next generation uh, watch, uh, building on what they came out with the double split back in the mid two thousands, uh, hugely important. I mean, We're going to talk
1: about it. Just, just to, it's it, it's an advancement in chronographs. Exactly. Um, yeah. Steps ahead from anyone else. For sure. So we'll um, we'll talk about that later. Yeah.
0: Best co- uh, concept watch the uh, AP Royal Oak perpetual calendar.
1: If I'm not mistaken, this is an ultra thin as well. Ye-
0: well, no, I think they were AP. Uh, there was an AP Royal Oak ultra thin released. This is their perpetual calendar. No, nope,
1: this is this, go go. A couple pictures to the right. This is a thin one. I remember well, it seeing. Says I remember seeing it's it.
0: It's six point three millimeters thick. Anthony, that you're, you when we I talk guess, about watches, yeah, we talk about right. fifteen, sixteen millimeters. Yeah, you are right about that. No, I just yeah. saw it now. Jeez, that is pretty. Yeah. yeah. Good for them. Very, very interesting. Uh, best watch innovation, resons type Which, two.
1: Which, you know, we he, had an experience with resance last night. Mikey got corrected real hard. Because we were at a location um, there in Toronto that yeah. does carry Rezance, and um, I asked for resins.
0: Yeah, you asked to see the resins watches. And, and the the, you know what? The guy was a little. he was But he was nice enough.
1: Yeah, sure. But he kind of looked at me like I was stupid, and he's like, sorry, what? Well, that's like. And I said resins and he's like, oh, oh you mean Rezance.
0: That would be like you walking in and being like, Hey, can I see the Omegas?
1: Okay, but when I say Omega, you would instantly know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. You don't pretend to not know what I'm talking yeah, that, about. That is true. No, but um, these are very cool. Very, very interesting. Very complicated. Uh, a young brand. Yeah. Um but
0: definitely a brand that has, I think, a lot of a lot of clout behind them. If you are a watch guy, you know that resants or Resins. No Rizance. Resence. Uh they they do have uh, they're just cool watches. The mid, like type in it in on Google. Even if you don't know about watches, if you're a car guy, you're listening. Type in Resence on Google. R E S S E N C E I believe.
1: Very interesting uh, the um the founder is an industrial designer so you can only imagine mm-hmm. what these things look like. Yeah. Uh they they're very interesting and there's a lot to know and learn about yeah. this watch and a lot of technology in it. They're very interesting. Very very cool. Something you would never you, you don't see anywhere it's else. It's a
0: different way of telling time. Uh, and and if believe me, if you are ever fortunate to have one of these on your wrist, you're going to be the envy of the uh, majority of the watch world, given the fact that these watches uh, go for you know a, the the plus twenty thousand dollar mark, Up and you're also not 50, buying 16. into a, a name that a lot of people know.
1: And they, that sort of remember when we when we talk prices, mm-hmm. most of the time, if we don't specify that it's U.S., we're talking Canadian.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. But, uh, I think that's it. Yeah, that, I think that wraps that's, up their article. That's the, yes, that's their article. That's the rundown of, of all the stuff that, that, that was important that came yeah. out of SIHH. We, we, we
1: had a hard time kind of trying to compile what, mm-hmm. what should we talk about about SIHH. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much information thrown and taken in from that day that I, we figured that article mm-hmm. gave a good summary of what. Notable things were out there.
0: Exactly. And and really in depth, too. If you did want to find out more about each watch, they had that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the things that we want to talk about, uh, two watches in particular, uh, and I guess we can start with the um, with A-Lange and Son. Now, if you guys are new to the watch industry, uh, there are a lot of guys on YouTube talking about A-Lange and Son because...
1: Lange and Son. Sorry,
0: I'm just going to call them A-L-N-S. Just call them Lange. Uh, yeah, you know what, Longa. I'm gonna call them
1: Longa. Um, Again, if we're butchering it, I'm, I apologize. Yeah, we are, are sorry. Yeah, that's it's how Hodinky. That's how Hodinky says it.
0: It's a German name. It's not Swiss. It's a German name. It says here, made in Germany, at the right at the bottom. But anyway, if you do follow uh, the trends on YouTube, uh, guys like Federico and TGV do talk about Lange quite often because they are seen as value luxury uh, watch. And when mm-hmm. I say value, they have some of the best complications. Mikey, you told me yesterday they are regarded. Excuse me, as having the best chronograph complications with the in dub- the industry with,
1: with the double split up until this week. With The double
0: split, yeah, and now with the release of the triple split, yeah, um, that's only that's they've only received more clout. So, for that. do
1: you want to? I, I can mean, I can try my best to explain what the triple split is. Well, okay, well, let's start off with back in 2004, I yes. think it was they released uh, a watch called the double split. Mm-hmm. It's based off a of chronograph, and what it basically is is a chronograph that can record. Two times. Yeah. Uh it's as simple as that. And so that's where the split comes from. Mm-hmm. And and um double meaning you can record both minutes and seconds.
0: Yeah, it is it's important to know that there there have been watches, and there are watches for far less money that by multiple rings that are split chronographs. So you have a second hand, two second hands that are on top of each other when you decide to trigger uh the first a, pusher, yeah. The first pusher. Uh, one second hand stops while the other one below it keeps going. So right. the one you never saw will, will keep continu- will continue ticking. And that's the split. The double part of the name double split uh, for this watch that was released was the fact that not only did the second hand split, but the minute hand on the chronograph split as well. Right. So you could record not just seconds, but minutes, mm-hmm. which is important. The, previous to that, you could only rec- uh, record uh, the minute. Or or you'd have to have a set time and you wouldn't you wouldn't have a continuous time uh, right. keeping. So with that that was huge back in the day, Hodinki made a big deal about it saying so no one
1: back in yeah, back in two thousand four, no one else hmm. has done this. And to this day no one has created a double yeah. split
0: and and maybe we should say for a lot of people who were who are like us like why is it important that that this company is creating this very complicated thing it's just showing what what they're what they, they are all the ultimate craftsmen at this yeah. point they can they can produce something as technically uh as technical as this as complicated I mean, as this al-
1: along with Patek they mm-hmm. are regarded as one of the they are the epitome of craftsmanship and yeah. and, and um watchmaking mm-hmm. altogether and their chronograph they are Indeniably, with this technology, even just the double split, mm-hmm. the fact that no one else has been able to produce a movement like that, they are at the top mm-hmm. of the chronograph game. Yet, their, pre- their watches
0: still have MSRPs underneath that of, of pa- AP of, and oh. uh, I, I think under the... What is okay, for, for
1: sure, paddock. For sure, yes. Paddock. By a significant amount. Because like the, the double split and the triple, the triple split is... Yes. Is like... You're, yeah, it's big money. But but when you
0: buy into this brand, you don't have to buy into the triple split. Of course, just, of that's, course. that's like saying I I like Ford because I only like the the GT. Yeah, yeah. No, right? of course. Um, um, but just an example of what their engineers <clears throat> and their their
1: watchmakers can do. Capable of, yeah, yeah. So and and cool. in saying that, they've they've had this double split for so long, and no other company has d- done anything like mm. it. Now at SIHH 2018, they release a triple split. Mm-hmm. So that's a. Big, so, big middle finger to all yeah. the other companies saying, look, you guys can't even do this, and we're already another step ahead That's of That's almost that. like
0: Tesla saying, yeah, we create a sedan that goes 0 to 60 in, in sub-3 seconds. Or, sorry, no, sub-4 seconds. Mm-hmm. Well, now here's a roadster that does 0 to 60 sub-2 seconds. Like, we, do, we don't have things that go 0 to 60 sub-2 seconds right. on the roads. Yeah.
1: Um, right. So the thing so, with the, with the uh, triple split is, it still records only two times, mm-hmm. um, but it, it, it records seconds, minutes, and hours. And hours. So that's yeah. where the triple comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think before when we first heard Triple Split, we, I think both of us assumed that, okay, no, now you can record three times. Three times. times. Yeah. Um, but that's not the case. No. Because um, in reality, recording three times would, would
0: be a mess. Yeah, uh, you'd have dials hands everywhere. Yeah, it would be too confusing. So you're you're still only able to record two separate times, but the period of time that you can, can mm-hmm. record for has extended because you can now record past minutes, past hours. Uh, which which means that, I mean, forget about how useful this is. How many people really need to record into the hours of two times? Right. Very few. It's However, just, it's just showing their capability. Yeah, like it, it, to make to make a watch keep time, at two times. It's there's a lot of engineering there. There's parts mm-hmm. that that will wear down, yep. and they've been able to to put in a package that is capable of doing this. It's almost like saying you have an engine that revs to to um, seventeen thousand RPM consistently. Right. So, yes, seventeen thousand RPM. People can get an engine to rev that high. Yeah. But that the fact that it can stay above thirteen thousand RPM and, and rev that high means that there's there's a lot of materials using this engine that are high grade and and built to to to
1: perform. Right. Right. That's that's uh, sort of uh, an easier way to understand it. Um, Actually, he. he I, I'm just as you were talking. I was mm-hmm. reading it. It relates back to that. It said. This guy in this article from uh, Monochrome Watches said the double split allows you to t- time cooking the spaghetti and tomato sauce mm-hmm. in brackets. That's how I use my chronographs <laughs> <laughs> or anything else uh, as long as the event didn't take longer than 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So that's the limit of the double split. The yeah. triple split allows you to do it for no less than 12 hours. Yes, exactly. So that's just uh, it. it uh, it's revolutionary. Mm-hmm. No, it is. It um, really... And it looks great. Like it looks amazing. Very, with, very, very cool. Is that an anthracite dial or is it like, or is, in, it, in or is, is photos, it just like a gray? I yeah, can't really so tell.
0: From what I'm seeing from Hodinky, the the photos that they have here, uh, it seems to be an anthracite dial. It is a, it's a light gray, so maybe not anthracite. Yeah.
1: And then with with the little bit of silver and, and mm-hmm. the two subdials and the blue, the blue and the red,
0: uh, ooh, it it, it's, it There's very, a lot of colors there, pretty. but
1: it all works well.
0: Yeah. Now diameter, thirty point six millimeters. Yeah. Small watch. Yeah um thickness 9.4 millimeters and and we have to say anytime you look at a long a uh you look at the back where'd you get third where'd you get that value from uh it's right the mo- oh sorry the movement
1: no the the, the, m- the case is 43.2 my apologies
0: i'm looking at the movement specs and oh it, my and god it's 15.7 millimeters in height this is embarrassing i was yeah, gonna say 30 Anthony, millimeters Anthony. is like I'm, I'm the spec guy you're right Mikey, let's reserve the specs for you. <laughs> but what I do want to say is the movement itself, and, yes. and you get this from any longer movement, oh, yeah. which is why all these guys talk about it. Federico and TGV love to talk about it because they they are good value for money. Not a lot of people are are into them at the moment. I guarantee in the next few years they're going to skyrocket mm-hmm. uh, in popularity. But I look at the movement from this from this um, from this triple split. It to me it looks like a little city.
1: Well, the way you explained it off off podcast before, mm-hmm. it looks organic. Yes. That's, that's I think that's that's a perfect way of saying it. Yeah, I I mean honestly,
0: uh, I want to direct you guys to the Hodinki article on this watch because and scroll right. Don't even don't bother reading it. Uh, there's there's videos that explain it better, but. Go down to the bottom and look at the fo- the up close photos of the movement.
1: Are they showing just overhead shots? Yes. Okay, and and, and mon- a side mo- shot. Monochrome watches show some side shots. Yeah, and you can just see the different levels of this movement. I, yes, they it's have that. sorry, They incredible. have that too. I'm looking at that right it's now. It's just magnificent.
0: It, it's watch porn. I mean, if Are you sure? have an appreciation for for the um, the complicated design of, of the the watch case back, this is the ultimate. The absolute ultimate. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm looking at a cityscape. The way things are built upon each other, and to know that it all has a function is is mind blowing. It's it's uh, it it's beyond uh, it's craftsmanship to the to the nth degree. Yeah. Um. Uh, so that is that's very cool. I mean, I think um, I
1: think we could. Uh, the this article here says there's no price. I, I, I 100, saw 147. 000. I was gonna say I saw a price of 147,000 yeah. US. That's 181,000 dollars Canadian. Yeah. It's a lot of money
0: a lot of money uh, and not it, not your average watch guy is going to be looking at this watch was it was
1: it ben that from Hodinkee that that said if this was a patek um no it was a it was, was it was a different guy on youtube uh
0: time tick something something with tick talking tick talking which yes. is kind of cool yeah, check uh, him out. He, he's he's pretty cool. You got it was, his head on a on a we,
1: long day. We, That was if you look if you follow us on Instagram, our mm-hmm. story that that I, oh no, we were watching Houdini that time. Yes. Anyways, TikToking. Check out his his um. I think it was about eleven minutes. Yes, well, on eleven the, on minutes. The double split on the double split. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically says with the double split, if this was a paddock, mm-hmm. it would be worth it would like the MSRP of it would be triple the price yeah oh 100 percent um and and that that goes back to what you were saying that the value for a watch like this Mm -hmm. it's all there yeah um but no there's really not much else that we can talk about this right now no it's just we touched on pretty well everything it's just a beautiful piece yeah absolutely remarkable
0: very light uh i this uh i was i've been a fan of of lange for a while and i i would one day like to own one of their pieces one of their and more entry level pieces. I think they do I have some between. Saxonian. Fit, yeah, like you can get that sub twenty thousand.
1: You know what? I I, I don't want to comment on yeah. that. I'm I'm not sure. I'm pretty I, sure again, some Like we've of said their before, we said before, we are, all these 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 larger, more complex brands that get into yeah. fine watchmaking. We're we're very new into that. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm also
0: I'm also saying that, but I I also wear an SKX every day, <laughs> so I wear, no, but that, so, that that
1: I don't think that matters.
0: But it, no, it's just that those are those are the I those are like that's like saying you know I would one day like to own an Aventador uh, SV, right. right? That's what it's that's what it's like saying it's that that is the pinnacle. Uh, however, still value proposition of the pinnacle, it is not that's not right. an outrageous price for for that watch. Yeah. It's just a um, lot of
1: money. And I assume these will skyrocket in value. There's only a hundred pieces.
0: Yeah. So I mean, when there's people spending ninety thousand dollars on bedazzled Daytonas. My God. Come on. You're already more than half of the way. I'd take the long gate a hundred times.
1: That that separates that's uh, you from well, Some, yes. The one that doesn't know yes. what yeah. they're talking about.
0: Vintage vintage Daytona, I can understand, but not like a bedazzled brand new Daytona diamonds and an oyster and everything all, all over the face. I don't get that. But anyway, uh, that's jewelry to me. That's not watchmaking. Yeah, um, so I don't
1: know. This this was a very impressive piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to learn more about it because we definitely have not covered all of what is to come from this. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that pretty well wraps... Longa and so Lange,
0: yeah so uh definitely are excited to see what else they come out with uh, yeah. in the next seven years and I guarantee if you're hearing this now that it is is the is January 2018 I guarantee uh by January 2019 you're going to see a lot more people covering Lange. uh just because when the when the double split came out there wasn't the media resources around watches yeah. that there are today now that they've come out with the triple split they they got the press that Moser wanted well, no, but they didn't I, No in no a good no way. no I
1: I think they have it they have it I think yeah. I think it's more so us like like me and you personally yes. I, and I want to learn more about them. Yeah. Um it's just a different realm of what we've been used to.
0: That is true. That's true as well. Um but moving on. Moving on to uh I guess the next thing and 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 this is sort of just a maybe a more of a broad statement than anything about uh, SIWH 2018. Sure. It's not it's not so much about specific watches as it is about the the industry and and CNN has an article. I know who goes to CNN for their watch articles, but it's they, pretty they did make I a pretty good point. It. Yeah. So uh, what SIHH 2018 really represents is, and, and you're not going to see people like Seiko here. You're not, not going to no. see people like uh, Frederick Constant. Maybe you will. You, I think we did. We did? Okay, yeah. never mind. Uh, but you're going to see their luxury watchmakers that that go to SIHH. Um, and... In the last few years, the culture around luxury watchmaking has been harking back to vintage pieces and oh, look how great we were. This new technology, right. phones, they can't match our vintage yes. aesthetic. Now they're understanding that this is not sustainable. You can't keep harking back to vintage. There's only so much, so many years to pull vintage mm-hmm. pieces from. Innovation is the way forward. Yes. So. What can watchmakers innovate from? What can they change in, in watchmaking? And and a big thing in in well, 2018 in, in, at in this show in,
1: in any industry. Well,
0: yes, yeah, yeah. That's sustainability is innovation. Yeah. Innovation equals sustainability. So, um, or it leads to to further sustainability. So S I Uh, the it seems that the theme here uh, is innovation. And one of the ways they're innovating is the the more companies producing very thin. Mechanical watches. Yes. So they're always looking at trying to make things thinner. Uh, this started, I believe, with the Piaget Altiplano of uh, maybe if a I'm year not mistaken. ago. Yeah. And what I saw this a couple of months ago, uh, Federico did a uh, on YouTube. He did uh, a, a video review of just that. He didn't have the watch, but he he just spoke about it. And um, it's a very if you look at the Piaget Altiplano uh, that was originally released. It's a very interesting watch when you look at it because it's a very small a readable dial mm-hmm. it only it takes up maybe the the amount of space that a chronograph would use for their their seconds or minutes hand the rest of the face is occupied by uh, by movement skeletonized uh, yeah. you know cogs and movement so what they're doing to make this as thin as possible they're decreasing so you still have a case with two crystals maybe um, but instead of a, a dial taking up the whole space the dial is made very small and the movement is pushed forward. Mm-hmm. So now you have a, basically a watch that you, not only are you reading time, but you're also seeing move on the front. right. A new way of looking at things. but what the, so this is just saying we look how thin we can make watches. We can squeeze all of this all of these different moving parts into this tiny piece, thinner than what most quartz watches are. Uh, and and that's sort of taking over the new lead for for innovation because to do that, you have to develop technology. Yeah. You have to develop skills and watchmaking and, and it does push the industry forward. So in 2018, Piaget obviously already had the Altiplano. They released now the thinnest wristwatch, mechanical wristwatch ever made, uh, at just two millimeters thick. It's called the Altiplano ultimate concept. And looking at it, uh, it's, uh, it's very nice. Of course. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to pull up the, did, did you already pull up the watch there? I have it here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. Um, it, it looks like an Altiplano. Shares very similar lines with it. Uh, but this is two millimeters thick, mm-hmm. which is, I it's,
1: mean. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's, a size, it's as thick as cardboard. Yeah. It, it's thinner than than the sapphire crystal mm-hmm. on most watches. Um, so absolutely insane. And and you do see a lot of trends. So there's other companies coming out with it or uh, coming out with their thin watches. We saw it with the AP Royal Oak. That was a big one. So the um, the ultra thin uh, Royal Oak perpetual calendar actually that's the one that we were talking about. It was not ultra thin. Yes. So you see the these big companies now these luxury watchmakers are offering their very popular watches in an ultra thin uh, because that'll be the next thing that'll be the next you know impressive uh, showboaty thing. Right. Is thin. Yeah. You know, which is cool, which is very cool. I think it's it's bound to push the industry forward. Yeah, so. of course. Yeah.
1: Uh, it's a f- it's again, it's a feat of engineering that mm-hmm. uh, they pride on,
0: oh yeah, for sure, so yeah, i mean uh we're we're definitely uh interested to see what the thin culture,
1: yeah, it seems like that was a trend for this yeah. year, and there were quite a few that did uh create some very thin watches mm-hmm. um remarkable yeah, yeah. do you have anything else to say about
0: I think that's really it with regards to S- yeah I- without diving H. into it
1: too much yeah. um well, there was A couple from Panerai that were interesting, Mm -hmm. Uh, their first ever Moon Phase.
0: Yes, yes, heard about that. Which is a
1: first from Panerai. Um, Also, I believe was it the Moon Phase that? uh, No, it was the um, a Tuberion GMT, where the case is actually three D printed, titanium. Interesting. Yeah. Which is different. And it's actually ultra light because titanium to begin with is mm-hmm. very light. Yeah. But because this is 3D printed, it's actually hollow on the inside. Oh. So it's even lighter. Hmm. Which is kind of interesting. That is really interesting. Um, and I guess it's
0: strong enough because it's titanium. So you can
1: hollow yes, out titanium. It's called the uh, Los Cientiato Luminor 1950 Tourbillon GMT Titanium.
0: Hey, here's another example of uh, Panerai saying we're done with, uh, with vintage and tradition for now. We're Gonna, we're gonna, we're going to, and if, if you see in, it, it's a
1: skeleton dial. Oh, really? Yep,
0: let me, I gotta pull that up. What's it called?
1: The Los C- Cienciato Luminor 1950 Tourbillon GMT
0: Titanio. <laughs> Got uh, that? Yeah, maybe I'll check that out when I go home. <laughs>
1: it's a 47 millimeter, it's yeah. just, it, it's a new, um, yeah, it's. It, it's it's direct metal laser yeah. sintering. That's the technology.
0: Very very cool.
1: Just huh. something different from them. Uh, again, I said, oh I
0: see it here. Yeah, that that is very cool. A little bit busy.
1: It's a luminor, so it's got mm-hmm. it's still got the the crown lock. Yeah. Um, which again, Panoristi probably saw this and said, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. But you know what? In order for them to stay relevant, they have to they have to open their they have to broaden their horizon. Yeah, that is true. Um, and in saying that. They've released some women's watches. They're thirty-eight millimeters. Oh,
0: so maybe I can buy one.
1: Yeah, they obviously. is seems it,
0: really small for Panerai.
1: Yeah, it it's um, I think it's from the Douay line. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? They have to appeal to everyone exactly in order to to stay a company to stay relevant. Yeah. So yeah, the the in general, the Luminors will wear larger mm-hmm. anyways because the lugs, mm-hmm. uh, the lug length. The Radomir, they have the wire lugs. Yeah. So virtually your overall diameter, like lug diameter, is pretty well the case diameter. Oh yeah. There's there's yeah. no there's no actual lug length adding to the exactly. feel of making it larger. Yeah. Um so I think who was it? Someone online that said this forty five millimeter, you're you're wearing a forty-five millimeter watch. Mm-hmm. The Rolex GMT is like a forty GMT Master 2 is like a forty one or forty two. But with the lugs, but with the lugs, you're actually it's it's wears more like a 47. Exactly. Yeah. So that that that's what a lot of people they kind of see Panerai, see those large numbers, and they kind of mm-hmm. stay away from it. Um. But yeah, this tourbillon, you know, the 3D printer one, is 170 thousand dollars US. Wow. Jeez. <clears throat> so can get a Longue for less. Yeah. Well, there's the Heritage, the 1850 Longue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heritage. Um. After the uh, was he the CEO? They said, yeah, he just Walter Longa. Away. He yeah, he that was the other. And it was just like a homage to him. Yeah, and that was the other big thing out
0: of Longa. Which uh, it, it was, it was
1: the jump. Um,
0: the but the jump seconds. Yeah, the
1: jump seconds. I think that's yeah. pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it is very cool. I I do I do appreciate a jump seconds yeah. complication.
1: Um, but that pretty well covers what we've done. What well, what we've covered at um, s i h h. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it was a lot of information thrown. So we kind of just touched on everything, and uh, in the coming weeks, we'll kind of dive into more specific topics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Anthony,
0: I do have uh, given
1: last night's yes, events.
0: Yes, I do have some watch current events because we uh, we did discuss life.
1: that you were after a SeaMaster, a Seamaster 300. 300. Yes, yeah, that, that was, that was that last week. Last week. And, and my
0: my watch uh, taste they change all the time. So how how things
1: have changed just yeah. between? I mean, no, it's still as of yesterday afternoon. You. We're adamant on getting a three hundred.
0: Yes, uh, and then I tried a three hundred on. We went to Laurel Jewelry
1: in uh, Sherway. Uh,
0: actually a great store. A great store. Great staff. Um, Fantastic. Got, met, yeah. a, met a few gentlemen in there who were really knowledgeable and really, uh, you know, Passionate. if you if you have questions about watches, yes, you can resort to forums and you can go online. But if you find a proper uh, retailer, mm-hmm. uh, usually the ones who have their own sections for the brands. Um, and you might have to go to your, your city's downtown to find them. But, Most
1: likely, yeah. You
0: know, dress nice. Try to go in there without a snobby attitude. And, oh,
1: my. Don't even say that. You don't well, even sorry, say I that. I mean, just, like,
0: like try, try, to, try to look like, you, like you're like you in there to be a serious customer. Just don't
1: go in there walking with your head down saying, yeah. uh, like, and just Yeah, pop, I'm not, I'm not saying have, that to have wear. A, yeah, don't, have like, don't wear a
0: suit. But but don't, also don't go in there in track pants. You, you want them to take you seriously. I go in there in track pants. Well, whatever. I you're love different. track pants. But what I'm saying is that, the guy, the people that work here, think about it. They only see so many customers a day yeah. and they want to speak to you guys. They, they want to educate you. And it's not of just course. about selling you something. They're clearly passionate when you're working around uh, $50,000 watches. You need to have a passion for watches to understand why anyone would spend oh, $50,000 to sell dollars. someone on a watch. Exactly. Like that, yeah. So these guys are wealths of knowledge. They understand the industry and, and, and these guys and girls. So, when when you need answers, or if the best thing is go to try the watch on before you go online yeah. and
1: spend your money.
0: Like try I it told on. you last night, I've yeah. been
1: disappointed so many times. Yeah. I I really like the the Tudor Black Bay Heritage. Yeah. Tried but, it on and it wasn't it wasn't it too special. Could, it could yeah it did nothing for me for
0: and and for me right. I spent all week fantasizing about the Seamaster 300. I really liked it. I thought it was a bargain at the value compared to a Speedmaster, mm-hmm. but. And I tried it on and compared it to a Speedmaster Professional, and it just wasn't the same feeling. I, I still, and I've always liked the Speedmasters, but I, I held them uh, in a different price category as my uh, for what yeah. I was looking for. But I still prefer a Speedmaster Professional, and I think now the Goal Watch 2018 would be a mechanical uh, Speedmaster, not automatic. However, if I could find a good deal on the automatic, yeah, uh, I, I think you know,
1: the governing thing there is the price difference between yes, the mechanical and the automatic. Exactly, it's about two thousand dollars Canadian, Canadian. Uh, which and, is quite a bit. Yeah.
0: And Speedmasters, I mean, you're looking at a 9,500 dollars watch. So I'm gonna do my best to really find some people in the yeah. You gotta shop around yeah, and who can, who can maybe help me out on that because I'm not willing at this point to to part with 9,500 for no. for a Speedmaster. No. Uh, but either way, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, very interesting. Uh, my my advice: you find a watch you think it's expensive, work toward it, but tr- uh, you know, help yourself out by going to investigate it. Go to the places that sell these watches. Mm-hmm. And and talk to people there, and you'll never know because the watch that you spend uh, six months fantasizing over, if you never try it on, then you really won't know how it's going to feel on your wrist. And yep. sometimes they just don't feel as special uh, as, as you ho- as you hype them up to be. That's not as big of an issue when you're only spending seven hundred dollars on a Seiko, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a lot more uh, it's a lot more of a letdown when you spend five thousand dollars on an Omega. Right. Right. So. But either way, so um, I think
1: yeah, you've kind of switched. Yeah, I've switched
0: it up. I still, I still adore the Seamasters. They still look the really nice, But I just think for the money, I'd, I'd rather the, the, um, the Speedmaster.
1: Well, um, yeah, for as long as I can remember, you've always talked about yes, the Speedmaster, and I think yes. you, you, just got it in your head that there was that large price difference between the Seamaster yes. and the, and the Speedmaster. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows why or how, but um, yeah, I think this for me suits you more than the yes. seamaster. Yeah. Um and for me, just the aesthetic and the heritage that the speedmaster holds. Mm-hmm. Seamaster does as well. Yeah. But the Speedmaster is it's different. It's a bit more of an icon, the Speedmaster. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But uh but anyway, very, very cool, very interesting. They had two uh, there. They
1: had the uh 42 mil and the 44 and the 40 mil. 44, yeah. What would you go for? See that's
0: tough. I don't like wearing big watches, but the 44 was so clear and it it, it that was the
1: automatic. That yeah, was that was the that more was expensive the one.
0: Uh, but I would still be totally fine with a manually
1: wound 40, 42. Yeah, we were talking about this with manual wound watches. Yeah, it just adds an experience to it. Yeah, I mean that could Automatics, be a cop out. That could yes. be a cop out and saying, "Well, I got it because it's cheaper." Yeah, but I I don't think so. It, no, like like I, for me, like my Panerai, when I wake up in the morning, I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I enjoy winding it. Yeah. Um, whereas my other watches, my like the um, Hoyer zero one. Yeah. I know that that's gonna be still, still be running after a day of not wearing it. Mm-hmm. I just go and throw it on. Yeah, and I get in my car and leave.
0: Honestly, if the, if it's a good movement, so I get this with my Salita in my uh, in my Ming because that my Ming is the only manual yeah. fully manually wind watch I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get this from the Salida. It's a very. Uh, winding it is a very it's got positive feedback yeah if you buy a a manually wound maybe a vintage watch that's kind of broken Mm -hmm. that's not running well that might not feel great to wind right but if you buy a new watch with a proper manually wound movement it is very positive feedback it's like shifting gears in a through a good uh, manual transmission yeah it's rewarding just to just to just to tune it up a little bit like that and it's nice uh you know yes uh, an automatic with a rotor Is much more efficient It's going to run As long as you keep it on your wrist It's going to run Right But there's uh, there's a there's There's a good There's a positive and a negative to both Right with the manual wound, you save money. You get you have to wind it yourself, which some people see as a negative, yep. uh, because uh, for obvious reasons. But you also get to see the whole movement. Mm-hmm. You don't have a rotor obstructing that view. Right. So again, positives and negatives, pros and cons to both. Uh, it really comes down to what you're looking for. But I think that what you do owe yourself is to own both. Own a own a self winding automatic. Own a a, a mechanical fully yep. mechanical uh, manually wound timepiece and make your decision there because they you're you're going to love them both either way One they're they're both it's both technology that, that that's what it is it, it's tech uh and it's cool right so uh and it's much better much more interesting than quartz, standard quartz. i suppose so. spring
1: drive is pretty interesting uh but anyway have we have we dove into spring drive
0: we we will in a future episode
1: i think we've touched on it we have but yeah. i mean you can't avoid it you can't it avoid is
0: what it it is. it is it is the most accurate Way to keep time.
1: Yeah. And I and, think...
0: And, and still have mechanical components. But anyway, but you were about to say, and you think, what, Mikey? Is
1: it that I think, time? I think we're done for today. I think we are done for today. I think that's all the time we got. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to open my phone. And of course, the face recognition does not work with this iPhone 10. Because your face is being obstructed by the mic. That is good. Yep. Probably. Security, just a security check. Does It's doing its job. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, I'm trying to find an app here, and I cannot find it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all the time we have. Yes, I think so, too. I think we're going to end it there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you, You, guys. You guys know where to find us during the week. Instagram, at Timelapse Podcast. Uh, You can watch us on SoundCloud or iTunes. Mm -hmm. Or listen Uh, to us. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, I mean, a lot of my time this week will be devoted to trying to get this thing on video. Yes. yes, Um, Me as well. Both with planning for future YouTube videos, Mm -hmm. um, reviews, and whatnot and uh to have the the, podcast the podcast the uh the podcast on youtube as well exactly Um, look forward to that yeah but for now follow us on instagram and you can get some updates during the week all right thanks for
0: listening thank you